You know who we are. Inquisitors. You know what we do? You hunt Jedi. In actuality, I would say the Jedi hunt themselves. Do you know the key to hunting Jedi, friend? It is patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. For example, in our line of work, rumors run rampant. Here's one I heard just recently. It involves a Jedi hiding right here in your lovely saloon. Let's say ours is a wanderer. Maybe he's looking for people like him. Comes across this establishment. Nice place. And then he sees you. A man in need. Perhaps the locals are stealing from you. Threatening you. So what is the Jedi to do? Help you and risk exposure? Or move on? Now, if he were smart, he'd keep moving, but the Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. So he steps in and saves your saloon. You offer him a place to hide. Fresh water, shade from the suns, but the stories they begin and they travel quickly. His compassion has been his undoing. A long time ago in theaters far, far away, Four nerds got swept up by one of the greatest pop culture waves in cinema history. Now, as adults with a lifetime of fandom under their belts, they get together and discuss the mythology, characters, and business of creating Star Wars. Turn up your headphones, dial back your sensibilities, and join the wretched hive of scum and villainy as we take the low road to resistance. This, how many fucking sounds can we have at the beginning? Let's add uh, 10 more. <laughs> well, I think we can only do that one for a couple more weeks. Yeah. So anyways, this is episode 22 of season three of Force Insensitive, a Star Wars podcast. Um, I assume we're going to get some new listeners because uh, we're going to be talking about the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show. And uh, so right off the top here, give folks a, a little bit of a sort of, you know, not a full history, but kind of just like a, a little disclaimer, bit. Yeah, a disclaimer, legal form. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that might, that might be the best way to go about it. Disclaimer first. Dude, no. We should put a we should put a waiver form at the top of the fucking Facebook page, and you know, stick it up there so it <laughs> stays, so that anybody that new comes in signs it. We'll do an audio uh, waiver. Um, listening to this podcast, you agree to listen to a bunch of uh, idiots. Uh, 
talk about things that they may or may not be informed about. (laughs) We're well informed about anything Star Wars. It's the it's the tangents in which sometimes credibility can get shaky. Yes, we may or may not uh, argue. We we may or may not have uh, some dick and fart jokes and some raunchy. Uh, There's only two things we're certain of here, and that is Star Wars and Mars's rectal elasticity. Oh, God. Wait, why are you sure about that? Oh, come on, dude. There's no way the things that have gone in and out of that boy fucking would make him of a tight sphincter variety. Oh, God. Why? (laughs) All right, we just lost all of our listeners. All right, great job. (laughs) The more we lose, the quicker we can end, Johnny. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so what we've done is uh, we started doing this for uh, season one of The Mandalorian, and what we do is we... That's not true. We started doing this for The Force Awakens. Well, technically, uh, we didn't start the ongoing weekly show until The Mandalorian. This core gathering first. Oh, my God, let me get it out. (laughs) I'm trying to do a very concise, succinct sort of like intro here. I want to go get high. Carry on. So uh, we, uh, yes, this originally started as sort of an offshoot from my other podcast, Trick or Treat Radio. And on that, we used to do Star Wars specials. Whenever the new Star Wars films, the Disney Star Wars films came out, we would do a typically very long podcast talking about it. I think our our record was seven and a half hours-ish for uh, the last, um, not the last Jedi, for uh, Rise of Skywalker. So... Uh, we we did them every you know every time a new Star Wars film was released, and then when they announced the Mandalorian, uh, we had decided you know what let's take this on the road so to speak, and uh, so the four of us, uh, which I guess we'll get to everyone in just a moment, but the four of us decided to do a weekly show and uh, break down you know because we knew there was going to be some live action stuff coming. We obviously had no idea when we started that it was going to be as. Uh, intense as it's going to be over the next couple of years. But um, that's, yeah. So we did a weekly show, started with The Mandalorian Season 1, and then uh, from there we ended up going into uh, Clone Wars. I watched every season of The Clone Wars uh, in four-episode blocks. And then, uh, you know, we, we did, we've done all the live-action shows, and now we're also going back and, re- and revisiting or watching for the first time, for some of us, some of the other animated stuff. So we've, we've done Clone Wars, we've done Rebels, and we also just wrapped up Resistance uh, not too long ago. So we're actually running out of, uh, and Bad Batch we did. So we're, we're running out of uh, animated shows to talk about. So, But we do have a lot of live action stuff coming this year. So looking forward to talking about that. So that's, that's basically what we do every week. We will talk about the latest episode of a Star Wars show. And uh, in the breaks, in between new shows, we'll be talking about uh, maybe revisiting some animated stuff, maybe revisiting the movies, maybe some games, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And yeah, that's what we do. So we hope you guys are along for the ride. We hope you enjoy it. And uh, we hope you uh, uh, don't let the kids listen (laughs) because we are an explicit podcast. We have that on there for a reason. So. That's, also, it is what we do. We don't do it well, but it is. Well, what sure. We do. I didn't talk about you know how well it's done, but you know you be the judge of that. But that's that's we're um, the best podcast that ever sucked. <laughs> Whoa! What are we sucking? 
the life force. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good recovery there. Uh, so, yeah. So we're going to jump in and we're going to talk about Obi-Wan. But we're actually – so we're recording this on a different night. Uh, since Obi-Wan released on a Friday, we're recording this on the day it was released. Uh, we typically record on Wednesdays uh, because that's when the shows drop. And um, then we talk about it later that evening, and then the podcast will be out the very next day. So typically, you can look forward to seeing these dropping on Thursday mornings, uh, usually actually Thursday around 1 a.m. or something like that. But um, yeah, so moving forward, they'll be on Thursdays. But since Obi-Wan dropped, we just decided to uh, uh, do this one a couple days late because we wanted to make sure we talked about the latest and greatest. We follow the magic. <laughs> yes, wherever it goes. So um, that's why, since we're recording on a different night, uh, we we're, there's only two of us to start, but I believe we will have a third member and maybe even a fourth member soon. So, um, yeah, they're both members. Yeah, so they they both uh, you know had to had to work. So uh, we'll 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 see if they join us. But that's what we're doing and. So while we wait for one or both of them to join us, we're going to talk just a little bit about celebration because uh, there's. And some normally we do an attack run, but there's only the two of us. I feel like that's kind of. Well, yeah, you know what? Let's let's still do it. Let's. It'll be a two-man attack run. Uh, you and I are going to attack celebration. So uh, let's yeah, let's do it. Let's get set up set up for attack run. This is Black and Blue Leader standing by. This is Millennial Falcon, and everything sucks. This is Green Sativa getting high. Hey, this is blue narcolepsy. I'm eating some stuff and probably going to make horrible bodily noises throughout the show. I said there's only two of us. I'm taking up the slack from those guys because they'll be late. <laughs> All right. I'm just introducing them ahead of time. Oh, there you go. All right. Now they know what they expect. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so let's dive a little bit into celebration. So, Rock, so far from what you've seen, what uh, what's the highlight uh, for you for um for celebration so far yeah so far for those who are new to the show they wouldn't know but uh as the one fucker who's been carrying the torch for this show for a long time with high hopes man that trailer for andor did not disappoint holy fuck that made all this fucking excitement i've had since they announced it like what three and a half four years ago has made me even more excited and rarely does a trailer do that for me if it's something I'm already jazzed about. But man, that just the tone, the direction it's going, the fact that we're going to see all that. It, here's the thing. I wanted it to be a good espionage thriller because I love those, whether it be, you know, a good Cold War espionage thing or a Nazi occupation thing. And the vibe from this trailer makes it feel like both of those things in Star Wars, and it just grinned ear from ear when I watched it two dozen times. Yeah, I gotta say, so it has a very Rogue One feel to it, yes. but it it feels like just from the trailer alone, it feels so epic. Like <laughs> I get yes. like like epic is written all over it, and like yes. you know some of the locations that they show, like there's so many characters. I've heard there's like. I think they said something like 87 like characters that have like significant speaking roles or something like that. So it's pretty nuts. Like there's a lot going on, but the trailer looked fucking great. And 
and the sequences they put Mon Mothma in yes. where she's like this younger version of her and she's a diplomat who's yep. in the transition point between the Republic and the Imperial. The, it, they, we'll touch on that a little bit. They did it in Obi-Wan as well that we'll talk about. But in that trailer, this is what it felt like, that Cold War spy vibe where it's like the 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 politician who's in the mix of the shit is going to yep. you know be running afoul of the powers that be and it's got all those cool vibes to it yeah totally agree uh and alberto has just joined us what's up what's up alberto eh. <laughs> i was about to say what sucks today alberto the mama <laughs> oh oh well you owed me that one because i said that earlier so you're fine <laughs> i deserve that one all right, so Alberto's joining us, and uh, Alberto, we're just talking a little bit about celebration, some of our just our highlights, um, things that we really dug about it. And Rocky brought up the Andor uh, trailer. Um, what did you think of the Andor trailer? Uh, looked neat. It was cool to see a real trailer, not like uh, like here's <laughs> the, st- the whole story cover to cover. Yeah. One thing I, I really dug about it was I like the integration of like sort of the rhythmic elements. It w- I wouldn't say like all musical, like it was sort of music, but it was like a that huge bell. And then they had like the sort of like the signal. I don't know what they call that thing, but he'd like ring the, you know, um, there was a lot of really interesting um, uses of sound um, in the trailer, which I dug. Is a technical musical term? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make, You've never heard that before, that term? I'm going to call the music store tomorrow and ask him <laughs> if I can order a. <laughs> well, I don't know what to call it. It's not a shaker. It's it's it was an actual like you know organic object that they use uh, to like signal, but I don't know what they call it. So there you go. It's a pipe with holes in it that they slap on to warn people shit's coming. <laughs> All right. Well, I like better, but okay. Yours is a little more compact, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, but yeah, I, I thought I thought the the trailer was killer. Um, we don't see a ton of Andor, which is, you know, like you only we, see it once. Yeah, like we we know. I mean, just based on what they've said, um, it's going to be a, a a story if in two parts. Like I think I think we're going to be following a lot of Mon Mothma, and we're also going to be following. Andor, and then I think their stories will collide towards the end or or next season or something. But I think the sequence that you're talking about with the we actually may have seen Andor a second time because I think that might actually be a young Andor flashback moment. I got that vibe. It might be wearing the hoodie. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know they had hoodies in Star Wars. Sure, they do. (laughs) Technically, all the fucking Jedi are wearing are just fucking oversized hoodies. That's fair. But um, yeah, I thought it was a great trailer. I, it makes me hyped. And they did announce the date of August 31st. So we got, tw- so we got 12 episodes, but they're dropping, uh, they're doing two uh, on the day of once again. So on August 31st, we'll get the first two episodes and then, uh, then we'll have 10 more weeks after that, which actually. Is that going to be a Wednesday? Yeah, it's a Wednesday. Yep. Okay. Let me just double check. Yep, August 31st is a Wednesday. So we will have um, two episodes on that day, and then the subsequent 10 weeks we'll get an episode each. Um, 
apparently. I think they filmed like, they filmed like two seasons worth of stuff when they first started going at it. So they've well, got a lot of stuff in the can for that show. Yeah, well, there is a lot of there. There is a lot of like weird rumors, like because originally they said they, <coughs> excuse me, they they um filmed twelve twelve episodes, but there were rumors that they're going to break that up into two seasons, but they didn't. Um, and so we're going to get 12 episodes in the first season. And then I think the story is going to wrap up in the second season. So we'll get 24 total episodes. They said there's the second season should be another 12. So I think um, they said they were going for three seasons and end it. So I wonder if they're considering this first season to that, be the two seasons. That's old info. Um, okay. Tony Gilroy had said two seasons, um, this weekend on celebration. So, okay. Well, that works. Yep. So, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it looks awesome. I can't, I can't wait. And, that is uh, definitely the biggest takeaway from it for, for you. sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think we have a fourth. I think we have a, a Mars man. Hi. What the hell? Well, <laughs> are, are you in a I'm... tin can? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You know what? Hold on one second. <laughs> Oh, like talking through a droid's asshole. I feel like somebody like took his vehicle that he was in coming home from work and put it in like a uh, like a bottle, like you know one of those like model like model boats in a bottle. Like he's it's talking to part. us from a bottle. No, or or he's talking to us through a time machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, or, or it's the complete okay. opposite of how auto tune's supposed to work. I watched Obi Wan on my. Uh... On my way home, and I still have my earbuds in. Oh, okay. Well, that is, you do sound better now. Yeah. Well, is that reason? That's subjective, though, I guess. Yes. So, uh, Mars, we just started talking about celebration, and uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about our favorite things. And of course, Rocky's favorite thing was the Andor trailer. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you're, you know, lukewarm on the Andor show, but did you see the trailer? Uh, I saw just a tiny bit of it. Any takeaways? Um, I, I will say this, like, how can you I just watch, watch a tiny bit of a trailer? It's like a, a minute and a half trailer. Well, so I, <laughs> I know. So I put it on and then I had customers and then I forgot to go back to it. Well, but, what's more important? Uh, the trailer or customers? The trailer right now. But, <laughs> much, much like heaven, customers can wait. Um, I, uh. I sort of like, like, honestly, like, and the same thing happened when I started the episodes, like today, I sort of turned off a little bit because like, I just felt like any agency they were trying to create was gone, but I got to say, and we'll talk about it after watching the episodes. If I, when I go back and watch the trailer now, if I do, I think that, uh, watch it right now. It's a minute long. Watch (laughs) it while Alberto talks about his and Johnny talks about his and then we come back you can have an answer. <laughs> I think he's stuck. I talk, oh no, no. Uh I will be more excited about it because uh I have some different um, opinions uh, on the timeline. No, no 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 opinions uh on anything other than that, <laughs> No uh, you, you have opinions. <laughs> oh, that's what I was about to say. No, no, no thing you feel of more than shit is opinions. Good thing, good thing I rushed home, man. I said five words. Um, I, 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 my opinion on one of my 
main gripes about a lot of the stuff that was coming execution wise um, was um, has been uh, dispelled, I guess, so far. Mm. So um, I, I, you know, when I do watch the trailer in a few minutes or some other time, uh, no matter what my, you know, unless my dad from Canada makes me, um, <laughs> I, I, um, you know, that's a I weird probably, family tree. I probably will have a little more. Uh, I, I would like to quote the great Buford T. Justice when I say, "There is no way you came from my loins." <laughs> yep. Well, uh, somebody needs to mow your loins, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay Sponsor. that was but the best that was the best dad joke you've had in a while yes but yeah so i will watch it obi-wan uh, recharged this man's star wars batteries he actually made a good dad joke right out the gate <laughs> i also uh I, I think if anything did uh uh and took it away it was that i uh spent like 12 hours in front of a microphone and a mixing board which is is you know it pretty much as close to church as you can get for me other than being on a live stage. So, um, I do feel very, uh, rejuvenated. Awesome. Or it might be the, Oh no, all crunch berries. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, all right. Um, hey, Mars, you know what I had for the first time this week? I haven't had in fucking over a decade. What? I had fruity pebbles. Oh man, so good, right? Wow, it's different than I remember, but uh, yeah, it all, it all it all is like a half the bowl was great. The latter half, I was getting a bit sick of it, but you know. I agree. I, I understand. I, I actually had a similar experience. Um, I bought uh, the chocolate kind, cocoa pebbles. Is that what they call them? Uh, the generic version, which uh, like the I forget the price chopper ones are called something funny. Just oh, chocolate rocks, chocolate yeah, rocks. But, uh, uh, so say it reminded me because I hadn't had that in years either. Because I usually get like uh, a couple of the same cereals, and I got to be honest, it reminded me of like when I get a excited for a Reese's peanut butter cup now, and like halfway through the first one, I'm like, this just isn't the same. Is, did you get as excited for a Reese's cup that Alberto did for that opening recap to Obi Wan? Uh, I'm glad somebody was excited about it. The only the only thing it did for me is take time off the runtime when I scanned through it. That yeah, there was a skip on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could skip the the recap. <laughs> All right. Um, let's continue on because uh, I do want to do the celebration stuff relatively quickly because we have yeah, two episodes. Yeah, with two episodes to talk about. So. Um, Alberto, was there anything that really jumped out at you about celebration? No, nah, I so, mean so far. Yeah, trailers. Yeah, that's about a <laughs> trailer for Just... Jedi Survivor. You'll never play. Uh, I'll play it when it's never. Um, <laughs> never. The uh... yeah, I mean there wasn't any like giant surprises. Everything, everything that was shown was either rumored or teased or announced already but um not that that's a bad thing it's just there wasn't wasn't like some groundbreaking new yeah new anything no nope. um i did watch a little bit of the um uh live stream with uh um ewan mcgregor and uh peyton christensen 
That was, yeah. that was kind of neat. I did see a few minutes of that. Um, it, it was, I'm a little confused because it looks like they, like, so the stuff that they were streaming, uh, I think they were doing, like, they would have, like, an exclusive sort of thing for the people at Celebration. Um, like in like one of the conference rooms or something like that. And then, mm-hmm. and then what they would do is they have the big stage where the streaming stage, and then they'd bring like people out, um, there. And so I think they'd rehash some of the stuff, but then also some of the stuff they would, uh, um, you know, we just kind of missed out on some stuff streaming wise, which makes sense. I mean, if you pay the money, you should fucking get some exclusive shit, I guess. So, yeah. Um, like if you support us here at Force and Sensitive, we'll 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 send you some of Mars's shit. No, we won't. <laughs> um, I all right. Well, I guess this wasn't. The th- I mean, probably the Andor trailer was the thing I was most hyped about. So I'll, um, but I do want to mention a couple other things. And one other thing that I'm curious about is Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Now, this is the new series that was known as Grammar Rodeo, uh, the working title. And this is going to be helmed by the Spider-Man No Way Home director, John Watts. Uh, This is his new uh, project. And so they announced that Jude Law will star in it, which I I do like Jude Law. So I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of happy to see Jude Law in Star Wars. He's fucking Sky Captain, motherfucker. No one gets that reference. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I don't know if what you that don't means. get that reference, Sky Captain and Worlds of Tomorrow, man. That's Three people the- saw that movie. It's a great fucking and you're movie. T- and you're two think- of them. And I yeah. was one of them, and I'm irritated. I never even seen it. I just remember when it came out. But... Yeah, I don't like that movie. I'm just... I love that movie. It's just serial pulp cheese sci fi. I was going to say, does it remind you of the movies when you were a kid? <laughs> They didn't have movies when I was a kid. I'd have to pay some old hobo to fucking come down and draw pictures on a fucking bunch of cards. Oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that hobo drew pictures and not something else. But that's how we became friends. Yeah, Mars is, ho- <laughs> Mars is hobosexual. Right, that is right. And I drew him nice pictures. It is. It was It was drawn in fucking angry monkey jizz. Whoa. Mm. So uh, that thing we were talking about at the beginning, uh, there you go. <laughs> There's uh, the waiver you uh, signed. That's what it was for. Um, this is a, le- a legitimate musical form. Alberto has made sure that he fucking reminded people of that this week. Thank you, Alberto. <laughs> so a Skeleton Crew, um, they haven't shot it yet, um, but uh, they will be shooting it this summer. And apparently the story will... Uh, be based around a group of kids lost in the Star Wars galaxy during the New Republic era. So this is uh, basically the same timeline as as The Mandalorian, apparently. And it's from executive producers John Watts, Christopher Four, John Favreau, and Dave Filoni. And it'll stream in 2023. This so, isn't the thing as that Junior Jedi's thing I saw. No, no. Uh, the young... Uh, the one... Yeah, the young, I can't remember what it's called now, actually, but the Young Jedi something or other, Young Jedi yeah. Academy or something. No, that's different. Because it's um, set in the same time. So. Young Jedi Adventures. That's that's what uh, that's what I was referring to. Um, it, that's actually it's not set in the same time because um, I think Young Jedi Adventures. Um, it's about a group of younglings, so that would have been, you know, when the Jedi before they had fallen so 
but the Mandalorian timeline, the Jedi are done basically aside from Luke and a few others. So yeah, so skeleton crew, uh, sounds cool. I'm looking forward to finding out more. I mean, we don't know much, um, but could be, it could be cool. It's something, you know, something different that, that we haven't seen before in star Wars or seemingly will be, um, Mars, how about you? Anything? I know you've been pretty busy, so I don't know if you've caught yeah. caught wind of anything other right. than what we've talked about. I, I told you guys in the chat, and I won't go too into it, but I had that like kind of impulsive thing where I felt like if I don't move a bunch of 200-pound bureaus and fix some power issues I was having, like right now, I was just going to put it off forever. So like I like sprung out of bed before the sun was uh, – hours before the sun was even up. And uh, after about 45 minutes of, of trying to sleep and uh, I've just been in the studio like uh, all um, basically I haven't been to bed yet. So the only Star Wars I watched and heard about was what people were watching at the shop this afternoon. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping to catch up later on that and wrestling. Okay. Well, this uh, one more thing that I'll mention. This isn't Star Wars related, but they did at the Lucasfilm panel. They released a trailer for Willow. Um, and it does have a star, well, a couple Star Wars connections because obviously Warwick Davis is is in it. He re- reprises his his role of uh, playing Willow, and also it it has uh, stars Aaron Kellyman, um, who was Enfys Nest from the Solo film. Don't fear the and Kellyman. What what character? She also played. Uh, what was the character she played in the Falcon and Winter so- Soldier show? Oh yeah, she was the head of the. Um, yeah, she was like the uh, Black Hand or whatever they were called. Something like not that. the Black Hand. Um, no, she was Flag Smasher. Flag Smasher. Flag that's Smasher. it. Yep. Yeah, she was. She her name was like a, I believe a female iteration of the, like the, the, Marvel Comics Flag Smasher character. Right. Um. But and they made it like a like a whole like organization almost almost like what they how they they did it good but almost how they botched the the landing originally with the Mandarin and like kind of had it be like a, like a whole thing. Cause people, uh, shockingly, uh, comic book nerds were upset that, uh, they made flag smasher a woman and not another character with blonde hair and blue eyes. So, right. Carly, uh, Carly. Uh, oh my God. I just had, it. um, Carly Morgenthau. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't a Carl Mor- Morgenthau or something like that. He literally just looked like, like if him, the real uh, Captain America, in the real uh, U.S. agent, U.S. agent stood like uh, in a row, and John Byrne drew them, you wouldn't be able to tell who was who. One of them yeah. could have been, yeah. For all you know. yeah. But I will, I will say, even though it wasn't Star Wars related, that was the other exciting thing I got from from there was the Willow trailer looked really good. Yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm I'm excited for that. I gotta I gotta revisit the movie. I haven't seen it in literally yeah. since the mm-hmm. I want to say the 80s. Me and my I've wife skimmed over it a bunch of times and not like just not pulled the trigger for some reason. But mm-hmm. yeah, there will be a viewing at my house before it starts for sure. Because me and my wife, I come watch it with you. <laughs> uh, you can snuggle under the cubbies because I had a whole fucking uh, bowl of jalapenos tonight. <laughs> And I would like to singe all the hair off your face. Oof. I keep my I keep my beard pretty tight. I don't. I'd be beardless. That's mean. Jesus <laughs> Christ. And then I'd look like the principal in the smoking in the boys' room video. Yeah, you would. Might be an improvement. Like 
maybe. <laughs> All right. Like, um, keep this to ourselves, please. I don't want to lose my teaching. <laughs> the, <laughs> the last, the last thing we sort of brought it up is uh, Jedi Survivor, um, the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, and um, the trailer looks awesome. It, it was just um, wasn't gameplay; it was all cinematic stuff. But, it was very brief. That made me sad. I clicked it when you posted it, and I was like, that was it? Yeah, it was, it was very brief. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it looks like the main villain is a Powan. Uh, that's was, what it looked to me, anyways. Yeah, that's what confused me, because I was like, that's supposed to be the Grand Inquisitor? but Yeah, I right. don't think so. No. He, so, I don't think so either, but... Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, I'm curious. I mean... I really well, dug the first it game. Be. It is this time period. Yep. Yeah, there's no reason why I couldn't, but it's just like, you know, you pick anyone else. Yeah, and he looked like the Palins from the Look the character in that looked like yeah looked like the Palins from the prequels. So. Yeah. So yeah, lots of other stuff. I mean, there's probably going to be some more stuff um, coming out of Celebration. Um, tomorrow and I think it goes Sunday too so we'll probably I'm guessing we're going to get some Ahsoka footage maybe just behind the scenes I don't know how much they've actually filmed but yeah. um, you know maybe, there's got to be a climax on Sunday yeah maybe behind the scenes stuff or you know give people a few days to see the Obi-Wan show and maybe we'll you know we'll get something from from that so um yeah. Hey, Alberto, there's something I wanted to ask you since we're talking about the Ahsoka thing. Isn't it kind of ironic that I remember the major epic thing Filoni did just before all this turnabout started going on in Star Wars was I remember him coming out to Celebration and he walked out and it was after the uh, finale of Rebels and he had a t-shirt on that said Ahsoka lives with a question mark and then halfway through the press conference he took that shirt off and there was a fucking he had a shirt on it said Ahsoka lives with an exclamation point and it seems like ever since that day it's all been leading to the Filoni takeover yeah I mean even yeah yeah I would say that trying to think of those like even when like Rebels was coming out it was kind of people liked it but it wasn't like what it is now yeah and for ahsoka to be this character that is you know now in the mind of star wars fans has become on the level of the obi-wans the the darth vaders the luke skywalkers i mean she's right there hella cool if you ask me in some ways Uh, all right, so I think that's it for all the stuff we're going to talk about for a celebration for now. There is a lot more, um, but we have a lot of Obi-Wan to get to, and I want to make sure we leave enough time for that. So uh, without any further delay, I want to jump into that. But uh, actually, real quick before I do, if you guys want to send in a voice message, we love hearing from you to hear your thoughts on the episodes um, feel free to send them to us. You can send a, we prefer voice messages like hearing your voice, but if not, you can just send an email and you can send it to forceinsensitive at gmail.com. Uh, I believe the email is in the show notes. If you just want to click on that there. Um, and yeah, just go ahead and leave us your thoughts every week after the show. 
if there's something you especially liked or if you have any any thoughts or theories for future episodes, uh, you can go ahead and send it to us, forceinsensitive at gmail.com. We do have a few voice messages that we will play uh, later on in the show. Uh, so yeah, so just wanted to mention that off the top. And uh, all right, so let's jump into episode one. So um, they're calling them their parts. So this is part one. And it, I mean, they're all directed by by Deborah Chow, but uh, so you know, this one obviously was as well. And the story is by Stuart Beatty and Hossein Amini, and the teleplay was by Joby Harold, Hossein Amini, and Stuart Beatty. And originally released today, May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. And um, let me see. I guess I'll I'll. I'll read the long synopsis here. It's going to be, you know, it's going to summarize quite a bit. Um, But at this point, if you guys haven't seen the episode, we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. So just, uh, you know, if you're new to the show, uh, we just talk very candidly about everything about the episode. So we are going to talk about some Easter eggs, some spoilers, break it down, talk about some of the things that we, we like, some of the things we maybe didn't like, and also maybe some thoughts on future happenings. So um, let me go ahead and read the synopsis. Set 10 years after the events of Order 66, the Grand Inquisitor, the fifth brother, and Riva, the third sister, interrogate customers in a cantina on Tatooine while searching for a Jedi. As the Grand Inquisitor threatens the owner, a patron named Nari distracts them and escapes. Obi-Wan, who now uses the alias of Ben and works as a meatpacker. <laughs> it's funny to see it written that way, but that's, that's what he was. Uh, watches a young Luke Scott. So he's a meatpacker watching a, a young boy from afar. Is that what we're saying here? Yeah. Okay. Got it. That's what goes on in the Star Wars. <laughs> uh, so he works as a meatpacker and watches a young Luke Skywalker from afar. Nari comes to him for help, but Kenobi turns him away. On Alderaan, Leia Organa runs into the forest to escape from a visit from her adopted mother's family before being caught and taken home. Obi-Wan is confronted by Owen Lars, who tells him to stay away from Luke. Leia escapes. Fuck you! <laughs> Leia escapes again and goes back into the forest. That kid is in the forest that, again. That kid is back <laughs> up that tree. For God's sakes, is somebody parenting this child? <laughs> oh man! So the kid is back in the forest, uh, where she is ad- abducted by bounty hunter Necht No cr- Vect No Crew. And his so gang. give it away now. Yes. Uh, the, uh, yes. So uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, they were hired by Riva. Um, her parents message Obi-Wan asking for his help to find her, but he declines, saying that he needs to watch over Luke. The next day, after seeing Nari's corpse strung up over the town, Obi-Wan gets a personal visit from Leia's adopted father, Bail Organa, and digs up his lightsaber, setting out to find Leia. All right, so we've we've taught. I mean, obviously, we know the main characters, the main players here. We have Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi. We have Rupert Friend. He, he's your friend in mind as the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. Uh, we also have Moses Ingram as Inquisitor Riva. We have Benny Safdie as Nari, 
and Sung Kang as the fifth brother, Grant Feely as Luke Skywalker, and also Vivian Lyra Blair as Leia Organa. And obviously we have Jimmy Smits reprising his role as Bale Organa. Sexy motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, and let's see, I don't see Bale's wife listed here. Um, that's a shame. Really? Well, let me go to episode two. Maybe she's, maybe she's there. Even though I think I've seen her and stuff before. Um, Simone Kessel. Oh, I wonder how long it takes to do the Kessel run. You get, Hey, Mars, did you get that? That was a joke. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So that's pretty much the cast, the main players anyways. And uh, we don't see him in this one, but Hayden Christensen, obviously, as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. All right. I want, uh, I guess we'll do, I mean, I don't know if we can remember which what? which episode was which, but let's try to do them in, 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 in order. Oh, if 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 we do bleed a little bit into the others, that's fine. But you know, as mentioned, this pretty much um, it, it starts with um, the recap, and then we get the Order sixty six flashback all the way up to uh, Ben deciding to dig up his sabers. I think is is where that one ended, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So oh, yeah, and going to the starport. But let's talk about this. So yeah, for the recap. Yeah. So let's. Yeah, I I want to do some hot takes too, like initial takes. But yeah, let's talk about the recap because that's kind of technically it is part of the. I think it's it's an integral part of the episode, but it technically is before the episode. So. Yeah. So go ahead. Do you have something? Oh no! I was just I was wondering, like especially Alberto, um, the choices that were made in the in the recap were interesting. Like, I mean, obviously there was the whole Yoda explaining the communing thing with Qui-Gon that we discussed being a thing, and it's brought up a couple of times in the episode. Uh, but there was also some of the visuals that they chose to put with the with the uh, voiceover. Like, uh, like why I was wondering how Alberto felt when they're showing the funeral possession with Jar Jar front and center. Gotta always throw Jar Jar in there. <laughs> but do you think we're gonna get something about him in this? Because this just no. seems like a weird visual to tie to it. I don't know. Yeah, well, honestly, that's 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 how long that whole scene is. It's literally just that. And honestly, I didn't even know. I didn't even notice him. So I don't. I don't think they were highlighting him for any reason. Okay. Just, maybe, just, maybe I've got gunganitis then. I think you do. Damn you it, Alberto! Bad case of the gunganitis. Alberto gave me a S. SWD, Star Wars disease. That's that's it, huh? Gave you Star Wars disease. I I have gunganitis. I've had it before. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, I was just wondering because I thought it was pretty blatant, but uh, I felt like they 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 hit a good beat with what they covered in in the recap. I wasn't expecting to no, see it's... a recap. Yeah, so. I was I wasn't either, and I I I I thought it was great. Like I loved the way it was edited. I uh, loved the musical choices. There was some new music in there that they hadn't 
previously, you know, that I, I don't think I previously heard. Um, so overall, yeah, I thought it was great and it was a great setup because it gives you the, the important beats, you know, and for someone who maybe hadn't seen the, the, the prequels, um, that might be a good sort of ramp up to, you know, to get ready for what, what you're going to see. So I, I, yeah, I appreciated it. Yeah. No one's, no one watches those movies. No, well, not no one, but it's not like everyone's watching those movies all the time to remember every little story beat. Yeah. yeah. Plus you got a slew of new people that this is their first star Wars. You got new kids who are going to be tuning into this for the first time because their parents are watching it. Like we've explained with the other things. So I think this is kind of a neat way to tie that in. So someone with fresh eyes knows something and they did it, you know, for kids. Yep. So I thought that that was super, uh, super smart to do that. Um, before we dive into sort of some of the, the highlights of the episode, I, I want to get, so, you know, we all had ex- expectations about this, I think. And I kind of want to see whether the expectations were met or if, you know, like I want to get first impressions. I mean, I, so I think Rock, I think you watch this first. You or Alberta watched it first. I don't know. Like you guys. We watched watch it at the same time. I watched yeah. it right. Okay. Right oh, yeah, so so did I. So go ahead, Alberto. I I yield the stage to your time. Yeah. So I guess Alberto, just talk about like you know expectations uh, versus kind of like what you got because I feel like we got um something kind of different than what some of us expected, at least in terms of some of the story stuff. Yeah. Um. I mean, I didn't have much in the way of expectations just because like I. I don't know where they were going to go with this, you know, besides that they weren't going to follow anything from the EU. That was really all that they told us. Yeah. Um, but definitely wasn't expecting Leia as like a main character. I think someone was comparing it, her to be like, uh, that's, she's this show's baby Yoda essentially. Yeah. Um, and and you know, honestly, I, I that think, that might be it too. We may not see any, you know, too much more of her. Maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know. Well, I mean, like I, I wasn't surprised to see her. Um, yeah, it was like a cool surprise on screen. You know, like I knew right away when they were like dressing her up. I'm like, okay, that's Leia. Yeah. But um, the uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting her to be like an integral plot point. But it makes sense. I mean, like you got you got to get Obi Wan off the planet somehow. Yeah, and and I do think that it was a nice subversion of of expectations because a lot of people I think were expecting it to just be about Obi Wan keeping an eye on Luke. You know, like obviously in the trailer we did see them, um, you know, on 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 a different planet, so we knew it was going to go to another planet at some point. But um, you know, I feel like that was a nice subversion because a lot of people were like, Oh, well, what's he going to do? Just fucking creep, creep on Luke the whole time, you know? So, yeah. you know, I think it's really interesting that we got Leia, um, right off the bat. So, um, um yeah, go but ahead. as, as far as like plot and stuff, it's kind of par for the course. I wasn't expecting much more than what we're getting right this second. Yep. Um, Reeve is way more interesting than I thought she was going to be. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Um, she 
I was expecting just like another generic inquisitor because they're they, you get a bunch of them in the show but they're all kind of the same other than the grand inquisitor yep um like none of them really have any motivation or anything right and, and we, we've never really explored them either so we don't know you know much about about their you know their their motivations or their past or their history anything like that yeah so the um other than you know, the I'm, grand I'm, inquisitor you know we got a little bit of him in rebels yeah, and that was even like seasons after he died. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm like really curious to know more about her. Um, but uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, like it wasn't wasn't anything too too crazy. It wasn't like Mandalorian where I, like we went into it and we're like, we have no idea what this is going to be about, like, yeah. like at all. <laughs> this like we kind of know where the story beats are going, but. Yeah, and um, you're yeah, you're right about that. Like we have a predetermined outcome. Like we know eventually where this is going to go. Like you know, years from now, nine years from from where this takes place. But that's the nice thing is this this period is completely a blank slate, other than Ben being a hermit on Tatooine. So you know, but you know, like they basically had a blank slate. They could do almost anything with that, and. So, yeah, for me, expectations, I, I didn't really have, you know, once again, I, I wanted a good show and I felt like this one had the potential to be the most exciting of the shows so far, mostly because of the ties to the trilogy and, you know, the original trilogy and the um, prequels. And I actually really like that they're going hard on the prequels here because, you know, up till this point, it's almost like the the sequel filmmakers wanted to kind of forget about the prequels so you know i actually like that they're embracing them a little bit more because they exist you know that was pre-filoni and filoni loves the prequels and filoni built his entire star wars career on making that understory for the prequels with the clone wars so him being able to integrate all the fertile ground he put in place through the animated show, he's now trying to integrate into the live action for people who have, don't watch the animated shows. And I think that's going to be the magic of both Obi-Wan and Andor is we're going to get to, and Bad Batch even, you know, it's sort of filling that gap of the time frame. And that's I, one yeah. thing you forget too, that this is in the Bad Batch's time frame too. So having mm-hmm. that happen could be a thing. Um, so yeah, other than that, uh, you know, I, I was really excited to see you and McGregor back in the role because he is by far like the best part about the prequels. Like no matter what you think about them, like it's, it, you can't deny that he was like a joy to watch on screen. So I loved him as, as Obi-Wan and I actually went back and watched, um, Attack of the Clones and, um, Revenge of the Sith um this past week so and i just remembered how much i really enjoyed him as in in playing the role um but in addition to that you know i think that yeah i mean there i liked how they're using some of the plot like we talked about this in our preview episode about where the story ended revenge of the sith uh, you know, and then where it's going to go, A New Hope. And there's a lot of information in there because at the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith, as we find out in this, 
Ben Obi-Wan thinks Anakin died on Mustafar. Like, as far as he's aware, he just, you know, he didn't know that the Emperor came for him and, and put him in a fucking cybernetic suit and all that, you know? So he thinks Anakin's dead. And he is also dealing with the grief of his failure, you know, of, of you know, failing Anakin and what happened there. And so not only is he in hiding because, you know, Jedis need to hide, but he's also dealing with the emotional ramifications of what happened. And that's very much like there's almost like a PTSD about it because he, he's afraid to help anybody at the beginning here. And so I just think it's a really interesting look at the character and where he's at emotionally and mentally and even physically. So that was one thing that I, you know, we, we did talk about a little bit, but I was really um, super impressed with how they went about showing that. Um, so overall, like I, you know, I, I, I really did enjoy the episode. Um, but there were some things that did surprise me that I wasn't quite sure we were going to get or what we were going to get. How about you rock? Um, kind of the same as you guys. <clears throat> I went in with a, you know, preconceived notion as I do, but I also, I'm a big fan as if you can do something that's familiar, but throw a, a good enough twist at me that it makes me go, Ooh, I wasn't expecting that. Now I'm more curious. And I agree much like Alberto said, the fact that, uh, Leia is the focus and for me it made a lot of sense it's like okay they threw you because disney is getting really good with both the marvel and star wars trailers now of throwing you a curveball so from the trailer it made us think he was going to be watching luke from afar kind of thing in this story but no they they thrust the other sibling in your face front and center and make you it make you go oh so he's forced to have to leave his exile because who he's supposed to be watching is not who is in trouble. So that made me very happy that I got a couple of twists in this one that made me go, okay, now I'm now I'm back on the what are they going to do next? Because we, we keep saying it after every show that it's hard to put your finger on what's going to happen because anything is possible in this new universe they're building. And so this made me happy. And I'm going to go right out and say in the two episodes – the standout performance by anybody in this cast who were all pretty great. I only have one gripe and we'll discuss Reva later, but fucking I, the performance from the kid playing young Leia, just like the dialogue she is given that she delivers in a perfect Leia. Fuck you kind of fashion for her age was spectacular. It was magic. I was enthralled by this kid. I was like, this is knocking it out of the fucking park for me right now with this kid. And the other thing too, and I think I talked to you about this, Johnny, just from first thing, I was so elated to see Alderaan, like how Alderaan's supposed to be. We really only get that one shot where they're standing on a dais with the baby at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And Alderaan was fucking... On a dais, on a dais! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Boom, boom. Ooh, on Alderaan's dais. Boom, boom. But, but that made me, as a nerd fanboy of Star Wars, and, and the one place I used to play a lot on in the Old Republic games was Alderaan. It's just, it made me happy to see, A, something that's not the desert, and B, <clears throat> it was like seeing Corellia in Solo for the first time. It's like a place, mm -hmm. if you're a Star Wars fan, you know 
but you've never been like fully completely. So that made me happy. So at the end, at the end of the day, my first, I watched this, you know, when it hit last night and was riveted pretty much after the first Alderaan scene, I was like, okay, what am I actually about to watch? Cause that excited me. So anyway, that's All pretty right. much it. Cool. Um, Mars man. How about you? Sorry, I'm distracted by thinking of on a day. It's on a day. Princess Leah Organa and Jimmy Smits, and then the Empire blew that place to bits. Um, you got you to sing a second version in Huddies. I love that you use Leah's name, but Jimmy Smits' name. Jimmy Smits. That made me so happy too. Sorry. That I um. I'm so in love with the Mandalorian and, and, and I guess book of Boba Fett to the same degree is uh, there aren't any boundaries. Right. So like, you know, Rocky and, and Kevin Garnett said like every, anything is possible. <laughs> so I, wow. I, I, think, I think that, um, uh, and the lonely island. And I, I, I think that my residence against these type of shows where this is kind of the first one we're really getting uh, as a live action anyway, is that I feel like there's already boundaries and we've talked about the agency um, that I was worried that you would lose by, you know, our star Wars fandom essentially starting at the end of Ben's story, you know? Um, And this program pulled out every Star Wars trick to make me dislike it. Like, as you know, like all, like my one note that I'll read to you guys is, "Oh, good, another precocious child." That's very out of character for Star Wars. Um, and Star Wars has a big, big problem, uh, and I won't go too into this because I'm sure you're fucking sick of hearing about it. Uh, but Star Wars, in my opinion, does cater to like kind of the over of its own like history but i do think for something that happened during a time that um we didn't know the details but you know we knew kenobi went to tatooine and the yada 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 right like so this is really streamlined in really like the right kind of small um, so far, you know, so that we're not like, they're not doing that, like kind of like moving the goalposts too much to be able to have a story, right? Like they're really fitting it in this time, doing fan service in a way that like is very similar to how they did it in Rebels, which, you know, I say all the time is my favorite Star Wars thing at all. Um, you know, especially like since, you know, they're using a character that they used very well in Rebels. Um, I just, I, I, I gotta say, there were times that the show tried to aggressively make me, uh, dislike it, but like, you know, I was, I was by the time they got on the, um, the supply transport at the end, I was all completely in. Yep. I, I really, really, really have uh, no complaints. I am man enough to admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong. And uh, this so far is so good. Well, I feel I, I, I feel like you're 
you were doing that just because you were going with the gimmick because he's married to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just so happy right now that he didn't shit on anything in the first fucking two minutes. Or his I, iPad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, not, uh, not for, uh, you know, not for nothing, but I, um, you know, in real life, I'd give him a giant Cleveland steamer and kick him to the dirt. But what the fuck? Cleveland steamer? Wow. Why not like a you know a t- uh, Tatooine or Mos Eisley or an Anchorhead steamer or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I I don't know how to construct that. He's gonna poop <laughs> on it. He's gonna poop on it like a panther. <laughs> yeah, I I was really impressed. Uh, I liked the first episode a lot, but as far as you know, like what I like about Star Wars, the corners of the universe. I like, uh, you know, I like the scumbags and and. Pirates. Oh yeah, I can't wait to. I'm with you. I can't wait to get to the second episode. Yeah. So, as yeah. a motherfucker who spent way too much time in games of all sorts, tabletop, video, and otherwise in Narshada, fucking this. But what's this planet called? D D Dayu. Dayu, holy fuck, man. When they fucking got there, I was like, yes, I'm in my element now. Let's see some scumbags. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, let's hold off on that for uh, till the second episode. But um, all right, this so right off the top, after we talked about the uh, recap, but right after that, we, we flash back to Order 66. And from there, uh, we see uh, a previously unseen Jedi, as far as I'm aware, um, I actually don't have the Jedi's name in front of me right now, but um, the, there's a Jedi who's teaching some younglings, and as we zoom in, uh, we are focused on one one character. They zoom in on one character. So as the scene starts, and it, to me, there's no doubt in my mind that that's Reva. Um, it's a yeah. young, it's a young black girl they start on her and then zoom zoom out. So for me there's there's no question who that is. Um because there's some information that we find out later on um that Reva might have that seems how does she know that? You know, so I feel like this this makes sense. And we do know that a lot of the Inquisitors were originally Jedi. Not all of them, I don't think, but a lot of them were originally Jedi. Well, the uh, Grand Inquisitor was the Grand Inquisitor was a, uh, was a uh, guard. The guard. Yeah. yeah, the the Temple Guard. Yeah. So they, that's kind of uh, so hard. I I just want to say that the way this started after the recap and the way it started straight in on Coruscant during Order sixty six. It really embedded that prequel link hard. Oh yeah. Here's new, here's yeah. new live action footage from the prequel time period that we uh-huh. have never seen before. And the I would like to say about the direction of this, and uh, to Miss Chow's credit, the 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 chase camera they did as they're making it through the hall. And I'm going to say right now, Alberto, please tell me you had the same elation. I'm sure you guys do now that you watch the Clone Wars. When that door opened and the clones came in and just started unloading, uh-huh. there was a sense of fucking radical joy in mm-hmm. me. And just that whole chase camera sequence where she's getting those kids to safety and she's just 
you're seeing Jedi in the background getting gunned down and having these huge fucking fights with squads of clone troopers. It, I just, there was joy, man. There was I mean, joy. All, all we've seen so far of, of, you know, live action of that stuff, like really dug in other than like the kind of Godfather montage from the original movie is, um, you know, Groku escape that they, he had the flashback to when he was, right. when Luke was probing his mind. So, you know, I was really excited to see it. I, it's a weird thing to say about a bunch of, like, kid murder, but, like, uh, I, I, like, kind of, like, feel like Order 66 being one of the most important moments of um, uh, of Star Wars mythos and the fact that we saw it in, like, a montage always gave me the feeling that there was, like, stories within the story that we didn't see so anytime they show us even a little and the other thing i appreciated about it was that i have to give disney and and you know every one of their things uh one of their properties credit because like i i I think that if you measure violence by gore you'd be like oh this is you know the star wars and the the marvel stuff is like pussy but the reality is that um, there's danger in their violence. It, it, yeah, and it's it's harsh. It's it's really put together, and it's harsh, and it's it's. I like mean, there's, there's gravity to the violence, and I I I really appreciate it because a lot of time when you add special effects, you end up getting like a, a kind of softball violence. We watched uh, uh, the example I always use is uh, um, Russia has a lot of. Um, high concept movies about superheroes and wizards and the whole nine yards. And they've, they've yet to master like having the stuff, not look uh, like the violence isn't actually violent. Like it, like it's just so soft and, 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 you know, everybody's landing on, you know, pads. And I, I think that like when this Jedi at the beginning fought to her last breath, it was intense. Like, it was super intense. Yeah, it was super intense. Like I just, I just appreciate it because if you told me ten years ago Disney was going to carry on, uh, you know, the code. I mean, granted, I, you know, none of it would have made. I would have been like, "Who's the Russo brothers?" But if the, you know, the Russo brothers crack the code of how to do violence with gravity minus, like, without having to get gooey, and I think definitely since Mandalorian. Uh, Star Wars has followed up on that, but I was worried that once you got to a, a original trilogy property, they were going to dial it back some, but but not so far, I would say. So, Alberto, what, how did you feel about the clone stuff? Uh, it was neat. I mean, it lost a little of its impact only because we just saw this with Book of Boba Fett from a different point of view. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I kind of wish they saved that Grogu thing for season three of Mando. Yeah. Um, and then we, well, it wasn't the same, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I was hoping we were going to get some sort of flashback somewhere. And, um, yeah, it was cool to see that, you know, and obviously this one has purpose because uh, I mean, that's gotta be Reva, right? Does anyone have any, <laughs> any oh. any thoughts otherwise? I would assume so. 
And that is a, I mean, if you really think about it, like upon my second viewing today, when I was watching that sequence again, I distinctly thought to myself, I was like, yes, these kids are going to be scarred. And this is once again, a credit, credit to Miss Child directing style, that chase camera and the intensity of, you know, the Jedi fight into her final breath to save those kids. It's, it's really hard to get a good tight shot like that to convey emotion that when you go up into a wide shot that everything still feels intense. This shot was great because like Mars said, the intensity of the fight with the close chase cam, when she goes down, when those kids turn around and you just start hearing the receivers going off execute order 66. And when they pan up and you see the sheer number of clones in that hangar that are fighting Jedi, it was still fucking intense. It lost none of the intensity in that fucking camera shot. It was beautifully mm -hmm. done. Kill some kids at order 66. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I think that, um, you know, though there is, you know, from this to Book of Boba Fett, the Bad Batch, we've now seen different iterations of it three times. And while I appreciate them embracing it as a, um, you know, like a, a big bang that's going to launch a lot of stories because of how impactful it is. Like we do run the risk of, you know, I do agree with what Alberto said. If we hadn't, even, even though it's just kind of really shaky and in a fish eyed lens, like if we hadn't just seen it, I do think it would have been more impactful, but it, it, you know, there, it was a, there's definitely no complaints about how the scene was executed on any level. Except yeah, the kids it, were executed. And, um, the Jedi, I found the name is Minas Velti. And this is the first time we've seen, uh, Jedi master Minas Velti. Um, <clears throat> so, and she was played by, um, Ming Kui. Uh, is the name of the actress. So this is the one and only appearance that, that we've seen of of this Jedi. But well, you know what? I'm taking a fucking bong hit for her right the fuck now. <laughs> she laid that shit out to save those fucking kids. So what's her name again? Minus Velti is the name of the Jedi Master. Minus Velti. Well, here's to you, fucking Jedi Master Minus Velti. That was some, that was some mean ass Velti shit you laid down. <laughs> Oh man! So here's to you. May the force be with you. <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I really did dig um, that scene. It's a quick, you know, sixty second scene, but it was really great to see the clone troopers um, doing their thing and 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 fucking up Jedi. Um, yeah. But it it looked really. I just thought it looked really great the way they recreated the temple, um, and it looks it looks better having just watched the um the prequels um it you know it looks it looks better like their technology now is i mean obviously is significantly better um but there was some really great stuff um like when they zoom out when they're on that sort of like bridge up above <laughs> the rest of the grand hall um it it looks really impressive to see all the other stuff going on around them yeah, yeah. it 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 answered Again, I, 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 I'm going to have to like, I know what I mean, but I'm not always good at expressing myself. When I was talking about, um, in my opinion, in, in my, what in my expectation is 
revisiting history in a cool way and and just kind of the fetishization of like every little moment of the historical minutiae is that one thing you often hear people say is like, you know, they, they feel like, you know, how did you like, you know, like you always see like one Jedi, like staving off like tons of stormtroopers and stuff like that. Like how, you know, how, how did the Jedi get overtaken? Well, one thing that like you can't dismiss in that incredible, um, over, you know, overhead view as they're running down that bridge is it just showed there was like four to eight clones for every Jedi. Like, so it's like just like a, like a, uh, you know, like a, like a, like a cool, um, um, thing. Cause even though they did get snuck up on, like, you know, like there's always been the argument that how, how, you know, how long into a, a siege can you like sneak up on a precog? You know what I mean? Like once the first couple of Jedis went down, you'd feel like, you know, everybody outside of that montage yeah. have a chance to kind of well shit together. But they like, you know, that view like just cemented that like they they just of it it was the Alamo. They eventually yeah. would have been overtaken, you know, no but matter here's the, kills or here's- Here's the thing in that in that shot too is at the beginning when it starts, like literally you're at peace with her instructing these kids and there literally is no warning. Like there was no alarm, nothing. That door no. just slipped the fuck open and they, they opened fire. Open fire yep. Yeah, right away. it was fast. Yeah. And they were shooting a young one. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't, didn't, give, they a didn't give a fuck. Yeah, they didn't give a single fuck. <laughs> um, so after that scene. Um, and, and honestly, when, when I saw that scene the first time I was thinking, like I was looking at, I was trying to look at the, at the younglings to see, and I thought one of them was, um, like, like, you know, sort of Indian. And so I was thinking that that might've been, um, you know, Kumal, uh, Nanjiani's character that, yeah, I can't wait to get to there. So maybe we were going to see, maybe he was. Because uh, we saw in the trailer that he that he is uh, he was in it and he's yeah. seemingly wearing a Jedi robe, so it it you know it uh, that's kind of yeah. what I was thinking is that he would be the Jedi um, that the Inquisitors were looking for. So you know, based right. on the trailers, that's that's what I had in mind. And actually, once again, there was a bit of a subversion there <clears throat> because um, they didn't show the uh, Benny Safdie's. Uh, character at all in the trailer, if I recall correctly, we saw his back. Right. Um, you saw, yeah, you saw his back hanging from the bridge <laughs> as as Nari. So once again, like a little bit of subversion in the trailer, which I like. You know, I like that they can kind of yeah. like put us well, off the sense, so to speak. We, I said this before the guys got here. The the one thing Disney has been knocking out of the park uh, with both Marvel and and Star Wars right now is the trailers are misleading enough that it gives nothing away. And even if you think you got the direction, that is not at all what's happening. And most of the footage in them is usually from the first, like, you know, first little bit and everything that was in the trailer was pretty much, except for some of the Vader shots was pretty much from these first two episodes. So there yeah, really is the, no roadmap for what's coming in the next four. The only thing we know is that they're going to show the Inquisitorious, uh, what, I can't remember the name of that, the, 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 
their palace. The Imaginarium of the Inquisitorium. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but they're going to show their their sort of main hideout. So that's the only thing we haven't seen, and yeah, a couple Vader things. So I feel like a lot of what they showed in the trailer was in the first two episodes, was which I'm very happy about. So the trailers, they've been, because Doctor Strange was like that too. I went in thinking I had a grasp on what I was about to see, and oh no, not at all. I was like, wow, that trailer did not give fuck all away about what is happening in this movie. And same thing with Obi-Wan. That trailer showed us some cool shots of what we knew he was going to be in the desert, and there was going to be some trouble, but fucking in the end, none of that shit we we pieced together tied into what the fuck's going down. Yep. And so from there, we head to um, Mos Eisley. Um, so I was actually curious, you know, because we see a city on Tatooine. Um, but we do see in the distance, we see the Dowager Queen, which is the downed uh, Down ship. ship. Um, it's pretty much where Mos Eisley started. I think it built up around that ship. When yeah. It so because I was a little uncertain because he mentions Anchorhead later on in, in the episode. Um <laughs> So I thought it, you know, might have been Anchorhead, but it looked like it was too big for Anchorhead at the at you know at at the first yeah. glance. So, uh, but yeah, so we get Mos Eisley, we get a sort of uh, close up of Mos Eisley. Ten years later, uh, comes across the screen, and now we're just kind of on the streets of Mos Eisley, and then that's when we get this opening scene with the Inquisitors and they're the Inquisitors. On the streets of Mos Eisley, <laughs> the Inquisitors' sh- ship is like coming overhead it's a real like i i love the shot it's a really great um sort of foreboding shot where we see the shadow of their um ship passing over this street on Mos Eisley. you know with the the crowds below and i love that like everyone's like kind of like picking up all their stuff like the jawas are picking up their dice game and you know like here's Here's the thing I'd like to bring up because I, I'm a griper of it too, so I can kind of agree. A lot of people are saying, and I'm a little, I'm a little sand exhausted too. I'm kind of tired of seeing Tatooine. However, I will say this: in the past three iterations of Tatooine that we've really seen, it has been three very different. Like there, there's fucking where Cobb Vanth is, a new town is kind of like this little, little teeny tiny homespun Western town out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Then we went to most Espa and book of Boba Fett. And that's more of a sprawling kind of well-functioning hub of intergalactic commerce and shit. And now we're going to Mos Eisley, which is the rundown used to be big thing city. And now it's just the fucking lower East side, you know, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we are seeing different aspects of tattooing i mean i'm very happy at where we went like i said alderaan was fucking boner inducing for me but fucking at least they are giving us different textures of tattooing yep yeah definitely and so then we see the inquisitors um you know uh getting off their ship and I, I don't know about you guys, but I I got a very um, uh, Christoph Waltz, Hans Landa uh, vibe from the Grand Grand Inquisitor in in this scene within the saloon. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because. Okay, I think we can all agree we're still kind of unhappy that he doesn't have an elongated Napoleon head. I still miss that from the character from Rebels. But this motherfucker's performance 
especially when he does his monologue in the fucking cantina where he's actually explaining how they seek out Jedi while actually seeking out the Jedi right. was fucking yeah, was really well done. Yeah. Straight out of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and in a I don't way, think the same amount of tension was there, but well, I agree with that. It probably wasn't the same amount of tension, but I think the, the, the thing that it does is it, and I've seen other people talk about this, so it's not a, a you know a concept that you know I I have come up with. It, but it, it and and this has been throughout Star Wars. There's a lot of um, similarities to to you know to the Germans to the Nazis, and you know in this it almost feels like you know like where they're looking for the Jedi. It's almost like they're trying to you know like. Like in Inglorious Bastards, trying to find the Jews hiding hiding out, you right. know. Right. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I mean, it's really on the nose with the Inquisitors, obviously. But like, um, you know, like, and and I'm I'm sure that I'm gonna, I'm trying to be as delicate as I can with saying what I'm trying to say. But you know, the parables between what the Nazis became and you know the 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 Catholic and Christian driven, you know, uh, witch hunts and inquisitions like, um, you know, like I, I think while they're trying to cherry pick different eras of fascism and their kind of mechanics, like I think it just all kind of adds into kind of drives home. Uh, and I'm very cognizant of this because I'm, uh, reading a couple books right now, a couple new books. Uh, I'm reading a book I've read a bunch of times and then rereading and reading a new book about World War II that I've never read. And I think that like, it just kind of shows how like all the, you know, uh, religious based fanaticism kind of like fueled into the Nazis. And it's, I, I find it really interesting that they, you know, while cherry picking different areas of fascism, they like, uh, like it still all bleeds nice, not nicely, but it still all bleeds into, you know, what that Nazi iconography and, and um, mm. fundamental, uh, yeah, hatred mission statement. I don't know what to call manifestos. It's on this. That's the header of their TPS report. <laughs> <laughs> so two two things about the Grand Inquisitor. Number one, um, there was some complaints about the way he looked. Um, but the other one was his lack of, um, you know, sort of glowing eyes. Um, but we do get that. Um, when, what were you going to say? Uh, I, I, sorry, I thought, I thought someone started talking. So, um, but when oh, he, I was shooting my dog away, I'm sorry. Oh, but when he starts getting upset, um, or really emotional, like I feel like we're getting, um, we're, we're getting that. So that's one of the things that, you know, people were a little miffed about in the trailer. Um, we are getting that. And, but uh, I did say this, that no matter how they look, the performance can win me over from it. And this dude has managed to do that. So, and I'll agree with you. Absolutely. 100% there. I'm, I'm not even noticing the, the lack of a, uh, of a normal Powen sort of appearance because he is like captivating on screen. Yeah. yeah, I, 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 there's something I'm confused about that we can talk about later when we get to that part in the story. 
Well, we can. I mean, we could talk about it. I don't. We don't have to follow. Is it the I know. Same? I know where you're gonna. Are we sure yeah. that this is the same Grand Inquisitor? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, well, yes and no. Um, well, like, like, well, here's why I'm asking. Like, doesn't wasn't the Grand Inquisitor around during Rebels, or am I confused? No, nope, that was yeah, that was the Grand Inquisitor. So, uh, two things. Let me about- get there. I'll explain to you. I don't think that happened. Happened. Okay. So we'll maybe maybe we'll hold off because there there's a lot to get to. So we we will have definitely get there. Um, what the hell was that noise? Is that Alberto? That was clearing my throat. Oh, let me clear my throat. Ah, throat. <laughs> um, one other thing. So w- yeah, we'll we'll get more into into that stuff. But um, what did you guys think of Nari? Um, played by Benny Safdie. Did, did, did any thoughts about his? character um anything stick out to you or anything he had, a, he had a legit look of fear when he did what he first of all how ingenious was it even though reva's a bitch on a stick fucking that moment when he's discovered he reacts in the scene well i thought yeah. and i loved his little run-up where he just kind of kicks the leg out and does a little slide around the yeah. table that was pretty nice yeah no, I, 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 I mean, we don't see him very much, but I dug, I dug, um, his role. And, um, the funny thing is, I mean, he, he has acted, but he's first and foremost a director. He's part of the, you know, him and his brother, the, the Safdie brothers. After, yeah. And, they um, make really uh, bad movies. Good movies. Really good movies. Yeah. They did Uncut Gems, which is one of my favorite movies the year it came out. I think you talked about this last week. Yeah. yeah. I like that movie. Uh, amazing uh, directors. So it's it's cool to see him in this role, and I actually liked um, his role in this, as as small as it was. Yeah, well, when he, when he talks to Obi Wan. That's some pretty heavy moment there too. For yeah, you know, I mean that dude's on that that dude was as a director is in a scene acting with Ewan McGregor and McGregor being fucking awesome because that was a great scene when we get there. But yeah. yeah, so I forgot about him being later, but yeah, he was good. Yeah. The so the next scene, and then we cut to uh Obi Wan at work. <laughs> um, was that a pergil that they were you cutting know, up? I was trying to figure out what creature that was, and it wasn't hitting me because it looks like a kind of like water creature, it looks like something that has fins. Yeah. Um, and there's, I mean, there's no we know that Tatooine at one time ha- had water. But there's no way you would want to eat this creature if it had been there for that long right. because it would be fucking it rancid. It wouldn't uh, have meat on it. It wouldn't even have meat. You're right. You're right. It, you know, even if there was, you wouldn't want to eat it. So it can't be that. Um, but we did get a mention of the pergil um, later on with uh, Bail Organa. So I wonder if it is a pergil. Is it? Um, it did. I mean, I guess this doesn't mean anything, but it did look like like some sort of like red meat. Yeah. Here's another thing too. I just thought it was very cool. And I don't know what to equate it to that going to harvest this meat was like going into a mine to get coal. Like they literally had people walking inside this yeah, thing. Yeah. That's scaffolding and yeah. Yeah. Cutting big swaths of meat off. That was fucking nuts. This must, this must've been like your worst nightmare. Wolfie. Uh, I, I mean, it's so um, fictional that like it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. But 
it, plus it, it's almost fish like so it well I, I mean i like fish too so <laughs> it's, not, it's not like fish aren't aren't animals um but the but, way, it's, but the way this looked is it looked like there was like it looked like it landed there because there if you look at it the sand it kind of like pushed the sand forward and then behind it there is like a long sort of wake of where it may have like sort of slid you know that could be that could be a tattooing business model we're not aware of where they ship in food you know live food sure. from someplace else. they just yeah, i mean not a lot of, probably not a lot of hunting variety on you yeah. know just ripe for food sources so they do probably have to import food maybe it's one of them there's, damn base whales there's not a lot of meat well, on that's, the that's, perco. that's what we're talking about pergils yeah yeah pergil oh i that's thought, I thought guys were just talking about somebody who was with child <laughs> um so looking on wikipedia i believe the audio description mentioned that it was a whale Okay, but whatever I mean, that. Yeah, there's no way that there's just a whale on Tatooine. So, you guys, it's one of two things. Um, it's what 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 you just said is that it could be that you know they sort of like import it from another planet and drop it, and then they harvest it, or it was a pergolet fell from well space. There was that episode of Rebels where weren't they like attracted to something on that the that mining guild asteroid uh, or were they just nesting there i actually don't remember i remember they, they had yeah, to deal with yeah. some but I, the only reason i bring it up is because it could be a situation where like maybe they um maybe they hunt them in space near tatooine and yeah. then it's just easier yeah. to that's a good point bring them down and yep harvest them there yeah no that's so yeah, it, it if it was a pergola, I think that's kind of interesting, and and the fact yeah. that it was mentioned by Bale um, also is kind of cool because makes me, you know, makes me think that uh, we're eventually going to get pergil some some way or another. Well, two things: a, you got to tie to rebels with the Inquisitors in this, and b, uh, Ezra and Thrawn are coming back, right, in the Ahsoka thing, so with Ezra's force powers with creatures, it's not out of the realm of Pergil being live action. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so just, you know, wanted to kind of bring that up and, uh, I love the gonk droid where they punch in and out <laughs> on the gonk droid. <laughs> um, and then we have, um, we see, Obi-Wan has uh, his EOP. Uh, I think we saw it in Revenge of the Sith, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that his uh, his uh, animal friend that he feeds and gives it the, the meat. Um, he steals food from his job and takes it and feeds the dog. Well, man. we don't know if he steals it. I mean, he may, he may get his own cut, literally, you know? Uh, maybe. But I'm thinking he's wrapping it up and hiding it down in his britches. um so i i guess the one thing i I, we're kind of doing it the one thing i don't want to do is i don't want to do a blow by blow like uh, because these take way too long so um we have another whole episode to talk about so if we do plot like every beat 
um, it's going to take us a while. So let's let's kind of like talk about some of the highlights. Um, what about Obi-Wan's hut or his cave, I guess you could say? Like he has the, the sort of droid um, uh, security system in place um, that, you know, gives him... Uh, you know, it shines a specific light. Um, like I think it's a blue light if everything's safe and the red light if, uh, if there's, you know, somebody inside of it, which happens later on. It doesn't seem to matter because motherfuckers come and go from that place at will. Yeah, well, that's true. I don't think it's, I don't think it's there to stop anyone. I think it's no, no, just a war, just to tell, uh, yeah, Obi-Wan when he's coming home, if everything's okay. Yeah. And that's kind of what it, I guess you're right. Like it's not really security in that case. It's, it's like coast is clear or not. It's like the pop-up button on a turkey. And uh, this... And, yeah, go ahead, over. No, I said K. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't his sort of final... Like, later on, he has a hut, you know, somewhere else. He doesn't live in a cave. Um, you know, later on, he eventually has a hut. So... Um, the cave was kind of cool. Um, I, I liked... I My favorite part of this thing is his fucking interaction with the Jawa. What's the what Jawa's name? Katik or something like that? Um, uh, I'll I think it's like, but anyway, I love that whole interaction with the Jawa, just the way he's like, you know, if you're going to steal components from my evaporator and sell them back to me, at least have the decency to clean them. And the Jawa's just like cleaning costs extra. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Tika. Tika. Yeah. That's Tika. It. There you go. He was awesome. I love that whole sequence. I think events, it's a she. Man. I think Tika's a she. Well, either way, that their whole fucking interaction was fucking. I loved it. Yeah, it made you made, made you get the feeling he's been there for a while, long enough to actually have natives that he's on the regular with. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was great. You think that's one of the Jawas that uh, Peli Motto uh, <laughs> was in the orgy with Peli? It yeah. was around this time, so you never know. But she was Peli was young at this point, and she was out there fucking stroking every little fucking road hood. Hooded Johnson on Tatooine. <laughs> I don't know that she said that. Oh, come on. You know she's been on a fucking interspecies erotica gangbang, dude. She was at the fucking most Isla Cantina throwing down in her younger days. Whoa. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, Pelly's been. Pelly, Pelly knows her way around most Isley, is all I'm saying. She knows her way around more than most Isley. Most of most likely. She also knows a way around Mo Howard. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was what? uh? What was the um? Do you guys remember the the model of ship? Um, T sixteen Skyhopper, son. There you go. Yeah. So once again, it's kind of cool. We get a little um, you know, sort of a little cameo of it. So the the T sixteen that um Luke has in A New Hope, um seemingly was given to him by Ben. Although uh, Owen fucking throws it down. <laughs> He's like, get the shit out of here. <laughs> Honestly, fuck you, Owen, is an effect, dude. And, and to be quite fair, I can see his side of the argument, dude. There's a point on Owen where you got to fucking rationalize, you know what, dude? You fucked up enough. Let us just fucking be in peace, you old son of a bitch. Yeah. And, you know, and Owen's going to fucking farm to run. And, you know, so he doesn't, he's trying to keep Luke, you know, as you can see in that scene when, when Obi-Wan is looking, um, you know, kind of like creeping on him, 
Um, you can see that, like, you know, Owen wants Luke to be, uh, you know, working on the moisture farm, and Luke just has, you know, he's just thinking about um, piloting a fucking uh, pod all racer. Them, all them Skywalker boys like that pod race. <laughs> so you know like he, his his mind isn't in the 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 you know the the now he's he's thinking about the future like as as we've heard talked about he's looking towards the future doesn't i think yoda says something like that oh he's looking to the future <laughs> something like that <laughs> i forget the line but um but yeah that's a very impersonation actually. what's that the very good yoda impersonation it actually is I can do a better one. I, I I need the lines though. I need to have the right line. So I'll look it up. Um, Don't do what I will. <laughs> um, Mars's Yoda sounds like if Yoda was fucking like on disability, fucking buying a lot of tickets and a fucking couple forty ounces. Lotto tickets. <laughs> yeah. Dirty Yoda. Scratch. <laughs> Scratch your wooden. <laughs> Mine. um so yeah you know i think that we get um the the stuff with luke i think is is it's very brief but it's it it shows a lot about his character well and it's kind of touching too because when when obi-wan finally sees where he's at and sees him with the goggles on doing the pod racing. He, the, this is where Ewan McGregor shines in any of his roles. He has, he has an animated facial structure without it being animated. If that makes any sense, it's not over ever over exaggerated other than train spotting really, but he conveys emotion really well through his face. So that moment when he's sort of having that flashback to Anakin doing that you can tell that's what he's thinking about it was actually very moving for this to be a fucking space wizard <laughs> fucking space romp that was that's impactful man little things like yeah. little touches like that can draw you into the heart of it before they take you into the fantastical again and this is this is where star wars is beginning to shine again um yeah oh here it is uh i'll <laughs> now now that i'm gonna say now that i'm gonna try to do the voice i'll probably i probably won't do it very well but um, it's uh, oh, uh, <laughs> the first scene I tried it. Watch it, watch it go gargle yeah, with some jizz and come back to it. <laughs> I felt like I was doing the fucking uh, uh, the, the bad lip reading. <laughs> I, d- I just, I think Alberto may have spit like a tonsil out or something. That noise he made was really fucking harsh. I can't see, I can't do it when I try. That's the funny thing. But the quote is, all his life has he looked away to the future, to the horizon. Never his mind know where he was. Hmm? What he was doing. Hmm? <laughs> Adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. You're reckless. So that's, um, that's the scene in Empire when he's talking to him. And then we kind of get that in this, right? Like we get, like he's not focused on the present. He's not focused on, you know, working on the fucking farm and he's looking to the future and you know i thought that that was you know even though it's very brief i thought it was a good um sort of indication of of his character you know yeah i mean again they're orchestrating this well this this yeah. these episodes hit all the right fucking like mars like i'm so elated that mars had joy 
for the first time in his soul in a long, long, long fucking time. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, that it, other people are feeling the same thing I'm feeling about it. Cause that's, that's the, that's the cognitive tissue to any films we love or, or, or TV show we love is understanding what you love about it. And, and when it's done well, that's fire that there's no better enjoyment. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, <clears throat> So, um, also, I want to talk a little bit about Obi-Wan's. This is more, not necessarily about his nightmares, but I think more about his, I'm going to call PTSD. Um, Because what happened, in a sense, his failure of training Anakin is what led to the downfall of the Jedi, right? Like Everything, not just the Jedi, the Republic. Well, sure. uh, Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that, yeah. So, that was such a huge like he is such an important character to this story obi-wan like and the legacy of star wars yeah he is the linchpin of uh, the first thing we ever learned about anything in the star wars lore was when obi-wan explained to us that he fought in a clone war he gave us all the fucking history and one set of dialogue he is the linchpin to everything yep and you know, like we really get the gravity of it in this. Like, I feel like we get a, a such a strong sense of what he's experienced and what he's been going through for years. Um, you know, literally ten years, and he is still dealing with the you know ramifications of of what had happened, and we really get a good sense of that. And you know, I think that that's. That's really where the show, I think, is going to shine is, you know, sure, we saw that happen in, you know, both in the Clone Wars show a little bit to a degree and then also in Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, we get we get to see that. And um, but in this, we we get to see the emotional sort of fallout from that because, you know, we don't get a chance to see that because, um, you know, because at the end of the the end of Revenge of the Sith, you know, they're dealing with all these other things like making plans for everyone to be safe, you know? So of course they can't, he can't focus on his own trauma, but now when he's sitting in a fucking cave, like being a hermit living like a normal, you know, finger quotes, normal life, uh, a non Jedi life. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he has time to deal with all this and to think about all all of what had happened and, and his role in it and, and all of that. So I think it's like, I, I just think it's a really great exploration of, you know, of what happened and the ramifications of his actions. Well, it's, it's not only that, I mean, it's the, and I agree with you, there's a level of PTSD to the whole fucking situation, but it, it's, it's not only that, you literally saw everything you know fall, including the way of life for the entire galaxy for hundreds of years, falls under your watch. And you're one of the last survivors, but you're also one of the ones who's directly linked to the events that did it. But not only that, you have to go into exile where you wouldn't even have the comfort of an old war buddy or something like that that you could talk to about this. You know, it's, you gotta right, live right. through it. Yep. So, 
you know, that's that's why where it's more believable for his mental state of where he ended up than what Luke did in the sequel trilogy. But it's the same premise, you could say, in a way. But done so much more eloquently in this in a very short time. This is another thing that's brought up with the writing and directing of this show is I'm just going to call it a trilogy because it's six hours of something. And we just finished the first part of the trilogy. No trilogies. Today. I don't want to do trilogies anymore. <laughs> All right. <fair> enough. <laughs> but um, anyway, there's the, uh, what was my point? Fuck. I lost my train of thought. Derailed. <laughs> you derailed Moving yourself, on. man. <laughs> I know. It happens from time to time. But no, the, the, the writing, the pacing of this and, and the amount of information they're able, this is what made Clone Wars great in my mind and, and Rebels too, was the amount of information that can be dropped in a scene and then you can move on to the adventure so easily. And this is Obi-Wan's doing those things. It's what Mando did. It's what, you know, Book of Boba Fett kind of did. Um, it's, this is a good way of doing it. And I'm just happy right now. I'm happy <laughs> Mars is happy. I'm so happy Alberta's happy. happy. <laughs> I think Alberta's happy. It's hard to tell with him, but Mars is happy. I think, I think you're forgetting that I've been happy for like a month and you've been unhappy. A month. What? He's, well, he's I, referencing resistance. I liked resistance. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think that, I mean, and we'll find out more about um, Obi-Wan's kind of mental state. And the other part is he, as I mentioned, he is sort of a, a, a normie in a sense. Like he's he's a non-Jedi at this point in time. Um, and he is trying to, to hide that fact. And in a way, because of what happened, I feel like he just buried that down like he he hasn't connected to the force like we get that scene where he's trying to contact Qui-Gon and there's nothing because he has no connection to the force at this time you know right so Luke Luke had lost his connection to it as well yeah yeah so we get you know we get that and I think it's kind of interesting um you know and you know later on we see him reconnect with the force but um you know like he he obviously has lo- either lost the ability um, to connect or it's been so long that he's tried not to that he just almost like lost his connection with it, you know? So I thought that stuff was also pretty interesting. Um, all right, I'm trying to think what else I want to talk about with this. I mean, there's a ton of stuff. I, I, I want to make sure we're covering it but not missing any of the major... Well, we skipped one of the major things about this episode when it was revealed what's up is that there's some new uh, john i don't know if it's filoni or favreau or rodriguez or whoever has found the necessity to bring all the bass players into star wars <laughs> but that reveal this morning i had fucking doubled i literally had to do the whole huh and looked at the screen i was like is that fucking holy shit that's fucking flea yeah, I did like a literal spit take. I knew he was in the show, but I just wasn't expecting him like that. You knew he was in there? Because that was yeah, like they, doing on me. No, it was online that he was going to yeah, be in the show. Yeah, I think we did talk. I, I thought we talked about it anyways. I must have blacked he's out. Not, he's not even the only musician that's in the show. 
in the uh, I, I I think uh, I think it would be in the first three episodes, but I heard uh, a famous rapper is going. Oh be- yeah, I have heard that one. Oh, that is a confirmed. Yeah. Yeah, it was Ice like Keith, he's on the IMDb now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vanilla Ice. No. Although I don't know if Ice Ice Cube's kid is a famous rapper, is he? No, I heard Ice Cube's going to be. Yeah, Ice Cube's going to be in it. Oh, okay. Well, that I didn't hear. Okay, I knew his kid was. Uh, look, he's listed on IMDb as being in the film. Yeah, well, uh, he's no, he's okay. he's not listed because I'm looking at it right now. Ice Cube. No, he's on. He's in the Google cast thing. Though. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, well, neither of those things are real. So hey, you're saying Vanilla Ice isn't in there, and I know it is. So there. Nice. He's gonna go up to somebody on a planet and be like, "Spice, spice, baby." No. I can't wait. I can't wait. We gotta hurry up because I want to get to the next episode. All right. Well, um, so let's let's shift to Alderon. Uh, we did talk a little bit about Leia. I gotta say, this this girl is a revelation. Like she was. I mean, the first time I teared up in this fucking show, man. Fucking. I... The, the father-daughter thing with Bale and her on the fucking dais was fucking magic, dude. That little kid is fucking awesome. Yeah, so that was great. Um, I love just how she's sort of like, you know, she has to play the part, right? She has to be the princess. and But she just loves going out in the woods and, and seeing all the ships. And you could tell yeah. she wants to be, you know, she wants to adventure, you know? Like... There's more to it than than you know than what we see. I so. mean, she's really interesting that they like made her like kind of a tom girl in that way because some of her most important moments in her life, including where she died, was in the forest. Yep. Like she, the uh, you know the 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 main turning point battle against the empire in the forest. Like, and then she kicked the bucket after uh, uh, floating through space like a space mannequin uh, in the forest. Like, so that's like, you know, it brings her like full circle, you know. Well, this is a very old trope, though. This is this is the young princess who just wants to go run around and sword fight with the soldiers. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's it's that thing. So it, it leads into her character because when we meet her in A New Hope, she's 19 and you see that, you know, she's no slouch. Yes, she got captured, but she wasn't technically a damsel in distress. As a matter she of fact, she, she, had she to leave. stood up to Vader, right? In his face. Yeah, yeah, she stood up to Vader in his face, and she was the one that was like, You fuckers came in to get me out without a fucking plan. Well, time for me to take over, you know, into the garbage chute, flyboy, you know? Yes. So this is staying true to who Leia is, and at a young age, plus fucking smart i don't know how real smart in real life this kid is but the delivery of the fucking dialogue that she had the best dialogue in the fucking show i think that little girl is younger than 10 which is appropriate because leah because both the skywalkers well, are tiny well leah would be 10 in this so. right. i don't think that that like like that girl he like, thinks the actress is younger than yeah. her partner well, let's find out. But um, or, or maybe. Ah, she's good. Yeah, she's great. So props to that kid. Complain about her, and it's in the next episode. Um. So yeah, and and so she has thirty-two. She's um, 
nine years old. So oh, so it's essentially same age, basically. But uh, but yeah, well, I, I think that kid's awesome. I think she's uh, I think she's a revelation in this. And that take, I'll remember that next time I say I'm 35. And the takedown of her cousin was fucking epic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, almost verbatim. I love that fucking series of events where he's like, you say, you 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 say thank you to your droid. Why would you give any cre- what is it, credence to a lower life form? Well, by that. I shouldn't have given credence to you either. <laughs> it was it was fucking epic. It was so good. Oh, and fuck. Yeah, that was such a great scene. And there's a lot of just great stuff with, with that. Like that was unexpected for me. I didn't think we were gonna get as much of I I mean I didn't See, we know. We gotta we were stop thinking any. that. We gotta stop thinking that because not only after we got Luke Skywalker at the end of fucking season, you know, of of, of Mando season but Book of Boba Fett, we had a whole fucking episode with Luke. We never thought that. I just got to stop. We got to stop thinking that nothing can happen because they're doing shit, man. Yep. And how fucking adorable was that droid, Lola? I think no? that's just your, your mech. No one droid. liked that droid. Fine. Okay. You're all a bunch of fucking heathens. Jesus Christ. Uh, like, like, do you guys like even it. have hearts? Oh. Yeah, look like, like that. <laughs> It looked like the ship that Journey flies in on the cover of Escape. <laughs> it looked like it looked like the battery's not included. Yeah, that, yes, that's where it was based off of. I think honestly. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was a kitschy, you know, droid like you know Leia's Tamagotchi or whatever. So it wasn't as kick-ass as some of the other droids we've seen. But you know, it was. It's a droid. Yep, it's a droid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I mean, it adds to the cuteness that she's still a kid, like, and we were just talking about Luke, you know, not always looking towards adventure. You know, this is the joining the two together. Like, you see that Leia was the same kid that Luke was when they were young. And the, yeah, I I think the thing for me is, like, Star Wars just continues to uh, create, like, cute uh, you know, like droids or characters. Like that was the thing that I think that uh, was impressive to me was, you know, they just continue to um, always kind of hit home runs with that stuff. So you're still hung up on your weird sexual fetish of Babu Freak, aren't you? Um, nope. Nope. I call bullshit. All right. That's your thing. You had a Babu freak out, dude, when that character fucking came out. <laughs> well, yes, I did. Um, oh, and uh, so some of the ships she calls out, I just want to call, uh, there's a Tri-Wing. And I think, was that, I think that was the one that was uh, designed by Porsche. Oh, I didn't know that. You was guys, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I do. I do remember that story. God, that was a while ago. That was like at the beginning of the pandemic or something, was it? Uh, it's a Tri-Wing S91X Pegasus Starfighter uh, designed by Porsche. Yep. It was cool looking. So um, we did, that's the first appearance that we've seen in Star Wars with it. So um, she also mentions an Aquilin Ranger. Uh, 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 was it like a the pleasure yacht or something like that? So we get, you know, there's a, like a, a lot of nice little... Um, well, this is what was Easter cute between her. This is what was cute with 
between her and Bale because she's when she's talking to Lola in the tree looking and she's like, oh, that's a such and such. I bet it's here looking for uh, Wassilian pirates. And then later on when she's with Bale or whatever and she's telling him all the, he's what ships did you see today? And she's rattling him off. And as soon as she says that ship, he's like, I bet you they were pirates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so cute. It was like, fuck. All right. Um, do you have anything about fuck you, Owen, that you wanted to mention? I know how much you like him. Dude, come on. This dude's Owen is fucking awesome. Dude, when Rebel was in his face and he was still fucking knocking back and down, dude, that's why when you now go look at A New Hope and see Grumpy Owen sitting there across from Burrow, I'll say, let him go next year. You know, he's that guy, just younger and fucking willing to take the barroom punch. If you're going to fucking talk some shit about my family, you better get ready. <laughs> it's like saying we're not somebody's yep. foot going in someone's ass. Now, here's my only I've got two problems with this show, just in two episodes. And my problem is Reva, but not for the things that you guys were talking about earlier. My problem is the dialogue's fine. Her delivery is a bit clunky in the scene she's in. I'm hoping that gets rectified as we go. Cause I did see it smooth out a little bit in the second episode, but it was still a little bit clunky for me. So I dig her motivation, like the motivation of the character, the, why she's in the mix and her, her take on where things are in her head being going through all this shit with the inquisitors and stuff all makes sense to me. I, it's just something about the dialogue with her fucking clunks for me. And I hope that that fucking pans out, but I do like the fact that even she's given the fuck you to the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. On the there's she so she's pretty brutal in this. I mean, she does cut off somebody's hand. Um you or know. A little lady. Yeah, like a innocent lady, like she, you know, so there's definitely some stuff here that's, you know, kind of brutal and she is very much uh in a way trying to get in vader's good graces at least that's kind of what it seems like because the way to really get vader is um to you know to get obi-wan you know and that's what she wants to do she wants to find obi-wan kenobi so she wants to be the one that brings him to vader and so that's where you know so it's almost like um uh how do i say like uh like the, um, you know, like in, in class, like the teacher's pet kind of thing. Like she's trying to be like the teacher's pet kind of kind of deal. And, you know, we don't quite understand all of her motivation just yet. Uh, but we do, we can assume that she was a youngling. Um, and, you know, maybe she holds some... Uh, some grudge against Obi-Wan. Uh, we're not sure quite why, um, but she clearly has a grudge. And then also she wants to probably get in Vader's good graces. So that kind of explains a lot of her motivation like right away. Yeah, or maybe he's, because the Emperor is still pulling the strings and if there's going to be Force users forming an Inquisition, there's no way the fucking Emperor is not overseeing that. So my theory is she may have had because we don't see the rest of their escape but anakin is in there fucking killing people at this point in time so there's a good chance we'll get a flashback that shows fucking you know hayden christensen as anakin in that dark moment so 
spurning her because he wants his own personal agent. Mm -hmm. She's like Jakku's Asajj Ventress, you know, where it's like having his, this could be, this could be Ahsoka's rival, you know, fucking did Vader have another apprentice secret and secret underneath the, you know, like the emperor had Mara Jade, you know, this, this could be that type of situation is my theory anyway. So this might be a good time to talk a little bit about Riva. Um, I like the character of Riva, um, and I I think that there's still a lot that we need to find out about her. Um, but so far, I like what we've seen, um, and I so aside from talking about what we saw, like I made the mistake of reading some reviews about the uh, episodes and the show. And once again, uh, we're getting uh, a lot of hate for uh, Star Wars being quote unquote woke. So casting a black woman in a lead role means that Star Wars and Disney are woke. Um, I just really want people to look around the fucking world and look at the people that they see. And look at the original Star Wars film. Does 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 A New Hope represent our world? No, it doesn't. <laughs> like, you know what? I read a similar thing just recently because uh, I've been really digging the new Star Trek show, and I read something recently where somebody kept saying that they're like, "I don't like all this." Book. I was like, "Have you ever watched a Star Trek in your life?" Because in nineteen sixty fucking six, it was pretty fucking pushing the boundaries of social norms at that time with the the, the great dramatic Kirk Uhura kiss, you know, all those sorts of things yeah. at a time when that shit was never right. fucking done. So it's kind of stupid. But by that token, just having a, a dark skinned Sith, you don't have a problem with fucking aliens throwing down and fucking, you don't have a problem with a fucking white chick banging Jawas, but suddenly you got a problem because there's a black Sith Lord. Okay. I actually think you're a little too for a uh, white chick banging Jawas. Like, I think you're swinging it in the wrong direction. I'm in for anybody banging Jawas, dude. I, it doesn't have to be a white chick. Um, it could be a purple dude. I don't care. I um, I hate those people. I hope they die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not, yeah. I, short of saying that, I agree with you, but... Um, the like other- I said, my only problem with it is I just felt like her dialogue came out clunky in the scenes she was in. Like I said, that's my only gripe about it at all. And I, I, can- I personally didn't see that, but I mean, you know, hey, we all come at this, you know, I don't, our own way. So if that's see, my only gripe. We're good, I see. Be- I definitely see what he means. Like I think that, um, uh, her her best scene was with Owen in the street. That was her best scene, in my opinion. I- what I think was well, awesome that in the about, scene at the end of the second episode. Yeah, I don't think I think that she needed to like I I liked her delivery because it reminded me more of like a horror character, mm-hmm. like kind of like a scenery chewing like a like a pinhead or even like to like a less grandiose version like a Freddy. Like she was definitely like like very grandiose and very monologuing, but like. Like she really did a good job putting across how like. So I'm sorry, robot. Yeah, the, the other thing I wanted to add was when so when she was hired for the role, 
Uh, I read, I think I might have, sh- I, I think I shared this with you guys, but so Disney basically had to prep her and say, you are going to get tons of hate for this. Are you okay with that? You know, like racist comments online. And it's it, like, what fucking world are we living in? Like, are you, are you guys fucking serious? Like if, if anyone listening to this feels that way, turn this fucking podcast off right now and never listen again, because I don't want you listening. If, if yeah, only, only hate plaid people, if, that's the only motherfuckers that's okay to hate. If, if you think just because we're hot, like think about like, it's, it's all about white privilege, you know, for, for, for these people, because think about it. Right. Like we have grown up with Luke Skywalker being a hero. Like we oh. grew up with that. Like, but like, look at like, a you know, like maybe like a black or Hispanic child, like looking at Star Wars and they don't see anybody like them. There's zero representation yeah. for them for, for like ever. Exactly. And so that that is huge. It is huge for people to feel like they belong and that they um are represented on screen. Now every not movie only that, not yeah. only that, but even from just a financial side of things. Even if you just want to look at it a boot at a purely fucking capitalistic fucking revenue fucking situation the more people you get fucking on board with your property the more money you're gonna make so i've I've been like honestly that's been my like like last ditch reasoning for years like why wouldn't you like while i don't why that's not why i want anyone to ever do anything no it's based Um, in rudimentary i will totally agree with but uh, it's 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 the metaphor that I always use about most high rise buildings in the late eighties um, in New York when they were forced to install state of the art fire retardant uh, systems. They didn't do it because they gave two fucks and a twist about the people who live there. They did it because they didn't want to get fined. But in that sort of greediness, it did. You know, maybe some people didn't get burnt up. So, you know, sometimes something good happens from something bad, but I, I or something greedy, not bad, but I do think that Disney being so aware, you know, poor Disney has to handle it from like two points of view now. Like they do, it is a good business thing, like we just talked about, but they also have to like, you know, coach these people to not end up like, uh, that poor woman from the first of the new s- sequel trilogy that like a fucking hated off Kelly, the internet. Kelly Marie yeah. Tran. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I mean, it's just she... like the, the world is fucking horrible. And one thing I will give regardless of why they're doing it. And especially being only one generation away from Marvel comics who set everything back like years by doing it. So ham handedly once that like one day we just woke up and there was an African-American cat in America and a girl Thor, you know, and like everybody like, you know, they, they thought that that was just the way to do it. But, um, you know, like Star Wars is doing it right. They're, they're giving us oh, new characters. They're there. Here's the thing with that though, is again, it, it shouldn't matter if at no point in the fucking story it's pointed out and have a spotlight shined on it. You know, it's like if you just make it part of the everyday occurrence, then 
nobody should even fucking think about it. It's just the way things are. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, we're so far behind. Like it's it's it should never be called inclusion. It, it needs to be called catch up still. Yeah. So I, I I think that by not acknowledging it, while that's you know a a a good way to be maybe as a human being, you're kind of like ham hawking the um you know the experience that somebody else hasn't had all this time. You know, like, I mean, I don't know, you know. Disagree. I disagree with I disagree with that. Shining a spotlight fucking still points you out as being, oh, the freaks. Look at the new ones that are doing something new and different. Whatever. If you I, just make it part of the fucking fabric of it, then you're just part of fucking the fabric of it. I, 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 I also want to add the other thing is, like, would people be OK if it was an alien? Well, that's the whole stupid like, part of people. Yeah, because what, it, what it comes down to is we want good stories. We want, like, right. depth in our characters. Like, who fucking cares? Like, I don't care if it's a man or a woman or fucking alien or, um, you know, whatever. I don't I don't care. I just want good stories. And, I mean, I do care because I'm ready for a good alien-led Star Wars story. I'm getting well, really tired of all the Sure, good sure. Um, you know, and I, you know, I, I get that, but... You know, that's the thing. Like, who fucking cares? Like, we want good stories. Like, who cares if if the bat, like the biggest badass in the show so far is a black woman? Well, no, yeah, but we just talked about this with our 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 fucking prejudice coming into this about the Grand Inquisitor. We wanted the fucking more shaped head and glowy eyes, but you know what? The motherfucker's performance in the first scene he's in got me past that. So, if you can't get past it for a good story and or a good performance, then that's that's something psychological. You get somebody needs to get worked to fuck out. That's yeah, that's yeah. yeah that that cycle that particular psychological problem is called race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I don't want to dwell on this. Anyway. I, I think it's important, though. Like, well, no, no, I think it's important to bring up for sure. But I, I don't want to get too right. sidetracked with it. I, I, I basically said what I said. If if you right. have a problem with this, don't listen right. to my fucking show. You know, like I, <laughs> seven. It, it's it's like. Uh, I grew up with three African American boys who like if we want if we wanted to play Star Wars representingly, uh you know, they they could be one you know, one person. You know, like they, right. there was one they could be Lando. They had to fight over Lando, right? Oh, I thought he was gonna say Jawas who were involved with the so, bang gangbang with the fucking mechanic's uh, daughter down the street. You know, so like you know, it's 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 a good thing now. I, I don't think that there's a difference, like Rocky said, between handling it poorly and handling it good. But I, I think it's, like, just so important because I don't – whether, you know, whether it's cusping that line forever of handling it poorly, I think when we don't call it out or they don't or, – or they, or they backpedal from it, more so you're sort of taking away uh, – it, I mean, this is tough for a fat Irish kid from a fat Irish kid neighborhood to say, um, but like you're kind of taking away someone's agency for again the life that they've lived their whole life because that character, even in a galaxy far, far away, 
her being African American as part of what makes her her. You know, and they're doing yeah. that very obviously by like well, and another thing that another thing that they're doing too that the opposing the opposition to this theory from the racist side would be is also in the past with the Empire, it was always white male representation. Whereas now in the past iterations of Star Wars, we're even seeing on the bad side. Right. There are evil people of different gender and different color as well. You're seeing more Especially in the video games. Yeah, mm-hmm. see more female stormtroopers and pilots and then, you know, imperial colonels and shit like that. And, you know, which is not something you ever did. How we, However, we know that the Empire is still mostly racist against most alien species, you know, because you don't see a fuckload of them. As a matter of fact, in old canology, there was very you, they would hire out mercenaries of different races, but you couldn't be part of the Empire itself. <laughs> The 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 they're very progressive in their hiring and positioning of women more so than uh, <laughs> they ran out of dudes after Vader killed the first six men. <laughs> yeah, but so uh, yeah, I, I think that you know I think we've said what we wanted to say about that. If if yeah, if if you have a problem with a black woman being one of the main antagonists in this, don't listen to our show. That's that's it. Thought <laughs> it more in real life. Um, shut, shut this podcast I, off. Go directly will, to your mom's house and suck all the dicks right out of her <laughs> vagina. Wow. Yeah, I, will, I will, like, you can come, uh, you know, and talk to me about it all you want in, in real life. And we can either have a nice discussion of it of coffee that will end with me um, probably putting you in the hospital, or we can just directly go to where I throw you down. Covering you and yoga. So, covering yeah, you. that's fine. Yeah, either or, because I don't like bullies, I don't like racists, so I hope. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to fun stuff, but I yeah. think we're all in agreement that, hey, as human beings, just stop being assholes. Well, that's, that's letting them be is how they got here, so I'm going to pee in their eyes. <laughs> Moving but, on. But yeah, that that um that scene with Owen and Reva was, I thought was awesome. Incredible. Yeah, it was such I a hope, tense, tense scene. Than the... Uh, kind of inglorious bastards adjacent scene from the beginning, which was very good in itself. Yep. And- well, and this is where I want to talk about Owen's acting shining because this this motherfucker was nailing it, dude. Like the scenes he was in were fucking intense, dude. I wouldn't if I saw Owen in a bar, I would not start shit. <laughs> fuck you, Owen. Yeah, fuck you, Owen is an effect, <clears throat> and he's not wrong. He's really not wrong. <laughs> the um was I was gonna say something else about that scene. Um, but yeah, I love how she just has no fucking problem cutting uh that woman's hand off and the oh, yeah. explanation of why they cut off hands so that every time you go to reach for something you'll remember. Um so it was pretty oh. hardcore. We didn't talk about another one of her, another great scene with her in it that fucking I thought was really cool was at first when she swung the lightsaber at the Jedi and she stopped at his shoulder and just kind of singed him oh, a yeah. bit. I thought she did it on purpose, but when they panned back and you saw that the Grand oh, Inquisitor yeah. and threw her out the fuck away, I was like, oh, oh fuck, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, we talked about the um, the eyes of the Grand Inquisitor. The other thing, too, is the fifth brother, uh, when he sort of gets angry, you can see some subtle changes in 
in his face. It's it's like the he has like the veins um, that sort of start to like. Um, uh, you so know, you're pr- saying protrude a little bit from his face, and he gets the, he gets the glowing mystery. eyes as well. What? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to interrupt? What? Oh, me? I was yeah. like, was that, was that the veiny thing we were discussing a few weeks ago? No, this is oh, a different dude. veiny thing. <laughs> <laughs> but this dude's performance, man. You know, and like you said, you did get the eyes when when his when his Sith powers kicked in. Yeah, his Sithy sense is kicked in. His Sith sense. The Sith sense. But yeah, I I did love um, that scene, and Owen just you know like also he could have just given up Obi Wan, and he and he didn't because for all he knows they're looking for Obi Wan. He doesn't know they're looking for Nori, you know. So, but he just wants to keep his family safe and and do his thing and and you know not be you know, not out Obi-Wan. So I thought that whole scene was fantastic. Oh, I love the way that scene ended when Obi-Wan's like, thank you, Owen. He's like, shit, I didn't do it for you. <laughs> just walked yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Like, so good. I, I just love how she like dresses down the whole fucking out, like the whole crowd and everyone's like looking down and like, Ooh. <laughs> like even the poor old lady who she took her hand. Let's be honest. The lady got mouthy after the fucking bitch told her not to. So she was like, we're in the outer rim. Ain't shit you could do out here. You ain't got no authority. Give me your hand, bitch. <laughs> um, but I love that scene. I love it when, um, Reva, uh, ignites her blade and puts it basically right up to Owen's fucking neck. And even like the fifth brother is like, stand down, <laughs> you know, like, and, oh, yeah. and Reva, the thing about Reva is very subtle, but in that moment, I can't tell if she's full of hate or if she's almost like afraid. Like she has this look on her face. It's almost like it's like part disgust, part like hate, but also like maybe a little bit of fear as well. Like, I think you just said the recipe for fanaticism. Yeah, no, you, you're probably right. Well, fear is the key component to the dark side. We've been talk, taught yeah. since inception, right? So, I mean, it makes makes sense that you would see that emotion. Yeah, so I thought that that, I, I, I like the subtlety in her performance like that. Um. You know, and I like how the fifth brother basically takes her and like pushes her up against the walls. Like, you don't fucking do that shit. You know what? Fifth brother was in Rebels as well. And he was, yeah. He didn't have a lot of speaking roles. No. But this, this dude was good. As a matter of fact, I gave him credit in that scene where he goes down the alley when they leave after the Owen situation and he <laughs> fucking jacks her up against the wall and he's like, listen, you need to chill the fuck out. Do you know who that is? That's, yeah, that's Sun King. Solo. From the Fast and the Furious. Yep. Who's uh, pretty awesome in the Fast and the Furious, actually. But yeah. he looks like a hundred years older now. And he had a few cheeseburgers. Yeah, yeah, he does look like a bit, uh, a bit huskier. Uh, he's kind of like, but uh, yeah, he's one of my favorite characters from that uh, franchise. Just come back from the dead twice. <laughs> he's good though. he's good though i gotta give him props he's intimidating when they first walk off the shuttle um you know of course you see the inquisitor first but my eyes immediately went to him because when he's coming down the street at you he's imposing as fuck 
Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think he looks great. And I actually loved his the details on his voice, the post production. Like it sounded, yeah. it sounded really cool at first. I didn't notice it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like it's it's like it's very subtle, but yeah, it's there. it's it's really well done. Do we know what race he is actually? Yeah, he's the same as fucking uh, the other sister, and uh, he's um, Barisophie and uh, um. Oh god damn it! Um, no, I don't. I don't think his race is like mentioned at all. Let me look. Just, um, see if I can find out. Similar to Ventress. I just assumed that he and Six Sister were. Um, God, what are those fucking races' name? Luminar on Dooley and Bear Sophie. Um, fuck. I know that Sarah Michelle Geller's sister was definitely. Uh, Mir- Miralon. Miralon, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll look and see if I can find out what race the fifth brother is, if it's even mentioned. But they're good. Even the even the other one that shows up later when we get to the next episode, which I'm very anxious to get to. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it says un. It says unknown. He's an unknown humanoid gray skin species. That's that's what we know, I guess. <laughs> well, he's green and rebels. do believe it's more of a greenish anyway he's cool fucking rock on with that dude yeah all the inquisitors were pretty cool yeah no i agree i think they all all look pretty good what was the uh, we see one uh another sister later yeah when they go to the next planet yeah um but yeah she's different. That, she's got weird squid tail things yep but that i thought that was a great scene um but yeah then um I think I think we're kind of near in the end. Oh, uh, talking about a couple cameos, we did get uh, R two and C three PO. Yes, that was sweet. So very subtle. C three PO even has a line, and if you aren't listening closely, you won't even hear it because it's in the background. But you can yeah. hear Anthony Daniels. Uh, and he's speaking a different language. Uh is he? Yeah, he's not speaking basic. He's speaking. He's, he's translating between the two aliens. He's standing. Oh, between. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but then we, you know, and R two is even more kind of buried in the in the background. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the okay. So the cousin says you don't need manners when you're talking to a lower life form. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then so Leia says that I guess I don't need manners when I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> That kid's so good, man. I love that kid. I want to adopt that kid. You know, could you fuck her up? <laughs> no, man. She'll I'm turn out horribly. Her. No, I'm going to train her into a rock and roll ninja, man. <laughs> but that was fucking epic. That was an epic takedown. Like, just one line, and it was just so good. And, and she delivered them all so good. That's the thing is she had so much dialogue and they were all delivered better than some of the adults. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also the, the, a lot of the hairstyles echo a lot of the hairstyles we see from Leia, you know, when she's older. So I thought that that well, was kind of cool. They did, they did that with her colors too. Like Alberto said at the beginning, yeah. they were on her Bespin colors against the white background. And then in the next episode, she gets her indoor fucking hoodie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I thought that was also cool. But yeah, that's I love that kid. 
Yeah, I, I love. I absolutely adore the scenes with Leia, and especially the scene with uh, Leia and Bale. Like, just oh god, you know, and it's kind of bittersweet because he mentions like, you know, eventually, um, one day those will all be yours. He says, one day this planet will look to you, Leia. Uh, when you, you know, but as we know, <laughs> she is essentially the reason why Alderaan gets destroyed in a, in a sense, right? I mean, well, that's she- what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you can say all you want about Skywalker kids having damage out the get-go. The fucking ladies upheld that shit better than the dudes did, man. Fucking mm-hmm. Leia, Leia don't crack, son. <laughs> but uh, just such great interaction. The dialogue in this was just so well done. Um, really dug it. Um, <laughs> uh, we already talked a little bit about Flea. Um, I know you wanted to mention one of the one of the races that we see in that scene, yes. the chase scene. This is this is this is the fucking this is like almost a Jar, uh, Jar Jar equivalent for Alberto. When I saw this last night, today, this morning, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Zizor is a feline. Yes, and so we get to see a feline. Um, in this, um, she looked kick ass, dude. I was yeah. so happy. So that was that was pretty great. Um, and then, I mean, that's and then we see Obi Wan is getting, uh, you know, contacted from Bail to kind of let him know about what happened with Leia. Um, and then as we find out, this you know we find out a little bit later, but this is all an elaborate. Uh, plan by Riva to draw Obi-Wan out. So Riva seemingly doesn't know that Leia is Anakin's daughter, um, but she just knows that Bale and Obi-Wan, you know, knew each other and they worked together. So she knew that she would have to reach out to a contact, a former contact of Obi-Wan's to be able to kind of call him out of hiding so right. uh you know it's it's a little <laughs> i mean it it's it's fine like it, it makes sense because there's no one else i could think of to you know to use um it just so happens that it's leia you know right yeah that's my was my equivalent it was, it was more the baylor kind of tie to obi-wan than it was you know anything about the kid being a Skywalker because they don't fucking know, right? So, um, but I think it was kind of like I think it was really smart to do it that way because you had to get Obi Wan off world. We this can't take place on Tatooine the whole fucking time, you know? Thank God. Yeah, uh, especially given how much we've been on Tatooine lately. But not not only that, but. I've been, I've been I've been watching Tatooine so long I fucking get parched walking to the bathroom. <laughs> you get, so you get sand in your ding dong. <laughs> I hate sand. It gets in your foreskin, and it fucking cuts up the fucking edge of your fucking head. It's nasty. It's just not good. Sand yes. is terrible. I'm with you, Anakin. Sand sucks. <laughs> um, yep. And then uh, pretty much at the end of this, Bale he's like, because uh, Obi Wan's like, yeah, I can't help you. Sorry. And then Bale's like, "All right, man, fuck you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna visit you in person." He goes, I mean, you're "Paraphrasing, but yeah, yeah, yeah." He's not "fuck you, Bale." Uh, not like "fuck you, Owen," but he's like, 
please do this, Bale. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's it's a great little scene because you know up to this point Obi Wan has been able to sort of hide his fears, I guess, in a way, or his emotional trauma, however you want to characterize it. But in this, he looks trauma. <laughs> in this, he looks genuinely fearful when he's looking at Bale because he knows Bale is relying on him. And he just doesn't want somebody to rely on him because of everything that's happened in the past, you know? So he, I think that performance is really well done. He's very hesitant about this. And I just think it's a super, super strong performance in, in that in that part. Well, it was summed up in that scene with the other Jedi, the one that gets killed too, when he's like, oh, you know, but you don't understand, they're hunting me. Yeah, you know, yeah. what do I do? And he's like, the best thing you can do is you go out to the middle of the desert. Yeah, bury that fucking thing. Bury that thing. <laughs> Talking about his lightsaber. That was fucking, you know, same. This is where the writing of this show is so good. Yeah. You, you really understand his anguish versus just supposed to go with it. And this looks... This the show looks, it looks really good too. I, like I will say, this looks very cinematic. This like I think we said that about Book of Boba, is that it looks like I think they're really getting the hang of stagecraft, um, because There's only one sequence where I would disagree, but overall yes, uh, because um, in Book of Boba I feel like it got like it had some more of a cinematic feel to it than 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 parts of mando anyways um and in this one i feel this feels like the movies to me like it it, it it's like almost like there's no difference and i think that deborah chow filmed it in a very cinematic way um so to me i i'm kind of amazed at how uh, good the, like they're utilizing this technology already you know yeah that, that's true there's a, there's only one spot there there's one section of this in, in the epi- second episode that is got the it does have a moment of episode three of season one of Bando or five whichever one the gunslinger was it suffers from the same anyway we'll get there okay well I think I I remember what our complaint was about that so I probably know what you're talking about. But um, yeah, so then uh, we pretty much wrap this episode up as Obi-Wan goes into the desert, in the middle of the desert, and he um, digs up his, uh, yeah, his, his and Anakin's lightsabers in a, in a box. And it's then, my saber in a box. <laughs> and then he, he heads to the spaceport, and uh, you can tell he's very hesitant because the woman's like, well, you coming or not? He's like, oh fuck. <laughs> well, that as far as good cinematic shots go, and I think Mars would agree with me on this one. I love that final parting shot where she says that, and he walks up. And when he does, he hands her the credit, and then he just moves his robe back to put something in his pocket, and you see the sabers on his hip, and that's the yeah. last shot you see. Yeah, which I mean, if he's trying to be, you know, incognito, I don't even know if he should have it on his hip. <laughs> Well, you want to be able to get to it if some inquisitors start lighting your ass up. Sure, I, I would think maybe like you don't carry a lightsaber in your prison wallet, Johnny. <laughs> it says "bad motherfucker" on it, though. Well, choice is yours, but that's a that's why your boy ain't <laughs> around now doing some stupid shit and getting whoa, cut. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch your mouth. 
Whoa, 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 you take you mouth. take you take Mace's uh, name out, out <laughs> your tongue. All right. <laughs> uh, I ain't saying that motherfucker a bitch or nothing, but he's up. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump to episode two. Uh, by the way, I, I feel like I've, I'm doing all the talking. Uh, Mars or Alberta? Do you guys have anything to add about uh, part one? All right. Guess not. Nope. So let's go. Let's move on to part two. And in part two, uh, once again, directed by Deborah Chow. This uh, story, once again, was uh, developed by Stuart Beatty and Hossein, uh, Hossein Amini. And the teleplay was uh, Joby Harold. And once again, aired May, May 27th, 2022. Um, synopsis. After tracking the kidnappers to the planet of Dayu, Obi-Wan is directed to a Jedi named Haja Astri, who turns out to be a con artist. Haja sends him into an ambush by No Crew's gang, but Obi-Wan defeats them and rescues Leia. The Grand Inquisitor learns Riva went behind his back and orders the city to be placed under lockdown. Riva places a new bounty on Obi-Wan, and Leia runs from him, thinking he wants to sell her. With bounty hunters firing at them, Leia jumps off a roof and Obi-Wan saves her using the Force, proving that he is indeed a Jedi. Haja sends them to an unguarded cargo port from which they can escape. Riva follows, but the Grand Inquisitor arrives to arrest them himself. After assuming for the last ten years that he was dead, Obi-Wan is told by Riva via the Force that Anakin Skywalker is still alive. Riva stabs the Grand Inquisitor, leaving enough time for Obi-Wan and Leia to escape on a transport ship to the planet Mapuzo. Elsewhere, Darth Vader awakens in a, bak- in a Bacta tank. So in this one, we have uh, the same cast. We do have the addition of Kumail uh, Nanjiani. Um, let's see. Anyone else? Uh, obviously, we get a cameo from Hayden Christensen at the very end as Darth Vader. And who was the other sister? Who was what? The other Inquisitor. The other... Yeah. Oh, oh um, I'll look for that in a sec. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk about this in greater detail, but we do see a, another cameo from Timur Morrison as a veteran clone trooper. Yes, that was so awesome. Which was not only fucking awesome. Not only that, but a five oh first. Five oh first, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's a good call. Drunker than fuck. <laughs> Drunker than fuck. <laughs> look at that look on his face, dude. He's fucking either on spice or drunk as fuck. <laughs> All right, so I can't find the other Inquisitor. Um, I'll I'll continue to look for it. Um but uh yeah, so we'll we'll let's jump into this and I'll look for that. Um so in this one, uh, most of this one, if not I think all of it takes place on mostly on Dayu. Um I think we do get a we do get a little bit of actually do we get any of uh, Alderaan? I'm trying to remember might be all Dayu. I think it's all Dayu in the interior of a ship or two. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, yeah. Um All right, so in in this one, yeah. So 
we had the call to action in the last in the last one where Obi-Wan uh accepts Bale's uh pleas to go help uh Leia and go save her. Because obviously Obi-Wan is the only one that knows well the well, aside from like Yoda, right? Like I think it's just Yoda and Obi-Wan are the only ones that know who Leia is at this point. That are, that are force sensitive, but yes. Yeah. So, so they would be able to pick him up. Yeah, so in this case, Obi-Wan's the only one that understands her importance. So he's he kind of has to help. He's kind of compelled. Like, he doesn't want to, but he, he kind of has to. Um, You know, and he uses the concept of needing to stay on Tatooine to look after Luke as an excuse of, like, I ain't fucking, you know, I don't want to deal with this shit. <laughs> Well, what was weird is when you first kept seeing the back of Flea's head before the abduction took place, <clears throat> I thought that we were going to get some cool new Jedi who was watching over Leia on Alderaan at first. Yeah, I actually at first, it's funny you say that. At first, I actually thought it was the Grand Inquisitor. I'm like, wait, wasn't he just on Tatooine? But yeah, like I wasn't sure who that was either. So um, you could, you're right, it could have been the reverse. You know, not the reverse, but like the similar to what Obi-Wan was, was doing with Luke. But yeah, we we pretty much start on on Dayu in this. And so, what did you guys think of Dayu? I know you kind of referenced it a little bit um, earlier. Rock, ours did. Oh, I thought you were mentioning the underground, the underworld stuff. Well, Mars brought it up. Mars was saying he loved getting to a dirty down under fucking underground yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. So this yeah. and this planet was. You know, it's 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 sort of modeled after Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there's definitely that sort of like neon, almost Blade Runner esque sort of feel yeah. to it as well. And to me, it felt like just kind of a perfect sci-fi setting. And it was really good for this because um, also Obi Wan wasn't able to track any ships. Like they they teared off tracking because people don't want to be found here. You know, this is. You know, it's one of those kind of planets where you can do shady dealings and not be found out, potentially. What was kind of cool about this, and I think Mar this is probably why Mars appreciated it, too. What was kind of cool about this is, like, moments after getting off the ship, dude, he's approached by a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Hawk and Spice. And for the first time ever, we are actually seeing the users of Spice. Like, they've shown the smuggling and the fucking, you know, and the, and the harvesting of it on Kessel and, you know, We've seen all these things, but they've never really dealt big into the usage thing. And they were actually, you know, quite a few references to fucking the fuckers doing spice. When he has that conversation with the drug dealer, even he's like, I'm looking for my daughter. That and actress she, um, looked very familiar. God, that scared the piss out of me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, Mars, you just scared Fuck. the shit out of me. It was so loud. Sometimes yeah. other people talk on the show. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Go ahead. That actress was. Uh, she just looked familiar to me. Oh, the one who played the drug dealer. Yeah, the one who was saying I was somebody's daughter once. Yeah, that first, was some heavy dialogue. First hit's always free, though, right? Yep. Yeah, and it sure came in handy. It. I. I really couldn't make out uh, uh, her face, but luckily, uh, because of my experience with Spice, I was able to uh, turn the dial in between channels. 
and uh, <laughs> she didn't she didn't mention that kind of spice that's an old school fucking pull right there son it was an old school pull <laughs> back then it was good for more than one cranking it to cranking it to wavy boobies now it's one crank and sawdust is everywhere I mean, you should hydrate I don't even know why there's sawdust everywhere. But it was great to see the, 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 the spice usage and the fucking, you know, flagrant motherfuckers in the streets just fucking being hooligans, man. Because like the dude said, they don't even track you fucking here. We don't allow people to be tracked here. So, you know. I, I would know. much rather see on the ground, like, practical usage of, like, spice and spice selling. Like that sort of world building, then the origin of chain code or or some sort of a spaceship like construction or something like that's that stuff the the stuff that relates directly to you know how the universe got in the spot they're in. Are you just like the fact that people are hanging out doing the sex and doing the drugs? I don't like sex, but. No, there's oh, fucking sex don't like you. Well, <laughs> sex don't like you. Look what happened last time I had sex. I unleashed an Alberto into the world. And... I'm definitely not going to look at that. That was you the last know? time. Mm -hmm. Wow. How do you feel about that, Alberto? I want to go to bed. <laughs> That's a, that was the line that was said before you were born. <laughs> right, that doesn't sound like consent to me, but. <laughs> oh my god oh, wow <laughs> <laughs> wow it, it was it was dollars in consent it's not consent if you don't give her your chain code Mars alright so anyways the other one is the fourth sister and uh, she is played by actress Raya Kilstead Kilstead uh, Kilstead um, who was in that's uh, not her character name they're missing out on an opportunity i would buy a killstead action figure <laughs> uh she was in uh let's see she was in home alone 3 apparently uh she was in dexter uh from not the most recent season one of the older ones um i i recognize her face i i just i couldn't think of you know, like if someone asked me to name anything she was in, I wouldn't be able to, but I do recognize her face. I think she might've been in the, uh, I forget the more famous actress now, uh, but the Angela Bettis season of Dexter. Maybe. Who's that actress? She played uh, Dr. Michelle Ross in 2011. 2011 would have been the uh, the 30 Rock guy season. John Lithgow, I think. I think. Third, that's Third Rock from the Sun, not Third uh, Rock. She <laughs> she was she played a psychiatrist employed by the Miami Metro Police Department that offered therapy to the employees. So she was the psychiatrist, I guess. Oh, in the first couple of seasons, I know who you're talking about last couple i think to 2011 so that was like the third the third to last season maybe okay so then it's not the all right never mind i don't know who that is anyway good for her she only had the she, she i think she only had like two lines of dialogue yeah and we're gonna see more of her um so 
anyway, the Inquisitors look good, like as a crew mm-hmm. doing their thing. They like uh, brother looked really cool marching with the troopers down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space Cenobites, really, at the end of the day, like. Well, I guess Cenobites are space Cenobites. If we're... C- C- Cinnabons? Space yeah. Cinnabons? Cinnabon, bon, Cinnabon, bon. <laughs> uh, Hold but... that bomb, go to hell. Cinnabon, bon, Cinnabon, bon. <laughs> so I think we'll see her a little bit more um, in future episodes, I would imagine. But um, I think that is it for all of, yeah, that's it for the cast. Um but yeah, we get early on, we get that scene of of the clone trooper. And it's kind of funny because didn't we sort of foreshadow this in, in our preview? Yeah. <laughs> but a so clone clone trooper, uh, you know, oh, hey, oh we want to suck your dick for a dollar. <laughs> suck your dick for credit. <laughs> I suck your dick for that spice in your pocket. Yeah. Oh, man. Just a bump. Just a bump, Just motherfucker. A Come bump. on. <laughs> Do you think he's an important clone? Uh, I, I don't. had a theory, but I can't remember who. Because he is 501st, and somebody yeah, had Al- a theory. I could have sworn Alberto was the one. Didn't you mention... Did you Did you know who... Did you have a guess as to who was Alberto, or... No, I don't think okay. it's anyone. Okay. Apparently, apparently, in the Clone Wars, during the Siege of Mandalore story arc, there's a clone trooper that doesn't die... He's part of the 501st, and they're saying that uh, um, he, they were going to put him in a medical facility on Mandalore to heal up. But after the incident was done, fucking Bo-Katan wanted everybody to fuck off Mandalore. So I forgot which Steeler or something like that was his name. Anyway, somebody had made the had a theory that that was him. But again, it's just somebody's crackpot theory on the Internet. Yeah, I'll... they don't have a podcast. What's that? Leg- they don't have a podcast to give legitimate theories. <laughs> but it was cool, though, man. Come on, dude. If you've signed tomorrow, Morrison, do him in little bits like that, man. Have that clone trooper come back at the end of this fucking series, and you know, be the one that helps save the fucking day or some shit, and gives his life or something, or fucking bring us a new one. Fuck, I don't care. Bring us Rex, goddamn. Dudes, I just spilled my milk, and I'm really... Oh, excited. my fucking God. Don't cry, Mars. It's too late. I don't have any more milk, and I have two more cookies left. Jesus Christ. But we did a piece of fruit or something. <laughs> the, uh, first of all, they're sugar-free cookies. Second of all, they're sugar-free strawberry cookies, and strawberry is a fruit. Doesn't mean it's good for you. It's awesome for me. It's got vitamins, minerals... It's better than the average win, Berto. Let him have it. Spice. It's sugar-free. Mm-hmm. Is it sugar-free or just low sugar? Sugar-free. What do they replace the sugar with? I don't know. Probably some sort of fucking poison or pesticide or something, but it's not sugar. It's space dust. My endocrinologist never one time told me not to eat pesticide. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think there's just speculation at this point. I'm actually seeing people think think it's Rex. Like, nah, I don't, I don't, think, think, I don't so. think it's Rex. Yeah, I don't think it's Rex either. So, it would be great if it was Gregor. He's the fucking wackadoo one. <laughs> so at this point, I I I think it was just I think it was an unnamed trooper. It was just to show the impact of like what 
what they're doing now because the clone troopers you know we, we don't know maybe this is the first time obi-wan seen a clone trooper since order 66 yeah i imagine so yeah yeah so you know he he sees him and you know he kind of like immediately is like taken aback by it it seems and you know he sees well, him. he was both parts fear was in his face a little bit and so was the sadness of seeing the you know war veteran fucking panhandling drunk as fuck on the street so I think there was like no there was no rec- recognizing no on either end i don't no 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 well, i agree Clone Trooper was fucked up, dude. If you go back and watch it, pay close attention. His fucking eyes are glossed over, and he's just fucking. Yeah, I have it. I have it up on the screen right now. And so, right before Obi Wan sees him, he says he speaks out loud. Obi Wan says, "If I ever needed guidance, Master, it's now." So he's talking to Qui Gon, and then immediately after he says that, the Clone Trooper says, "Spare any credits." Right. So right. I mean, if we're if we're if there's a sign you know, like we could look at it as a sign, right? Right. That's heavy. I didn't think about that. So, um, you know, Obi-Wan has this almost kind of confused look on his face, but he sees that he's begging for, you know, for credits for a warm meal. Um, and so he just tosses him some, some creds, you know, but yeah, the dude is like strung out on something or I don't know, like he's all, he looks all sorts of fucked up. So and look at Obi-Wan's face. Cause we actually paused it to go. Uh, we had, we had food delivered tonight and we paused it to get the door and get the plates out right at that scene. And I remember coming back in and sitting down and looking at Obi-Wan's face. Like it was equal parts fear. Is this fucker going to recognize me and shoot me? Right. By the same token, it was also this poor motherfucker, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're a fucking war veteran and you're fucking, down here in the rats fucking begging for money to get jacked up on spice yep um then the drug dealer the spice dealer has uh castle pure glitter stem and Felution. have you ever smoked any any of those rock <laughs> uh and swg quite a bit <laughs> yeah there is glitter stem um but you know you know what they say about me in that beastie boy song I don't know. What do they say? You know, Rocky, he always smokes dust. He's got his own place at the back of the bus. The space bus. Space bus. In my <laughs> space pants. <laughs> but yeah, it was very reminiscent of that um, Death Sticks, you know, yeah. kind of line. And, and this only one. A little, only a little more hardcore, I think. Well, yeah. This, this looked like heroin laden fucking Atlantic City, two blocks south. Kind of fucking situation. Yeah. Um, but as we find out, this the spice will come in handy later. So it actually served a, a purpose. Um, but <laughs> but after that little encounter with the spice dealer, Obi-Wan, um, you know, sees another kid. And, you know, the kid says to him, you know, he looks like you need you need help or something. He says, there's a Jedi. He helps people. So, of course, Obi-Wan is, like, you know, interested in what's going on. And the kid says, I'll take you to him um, for the right price, of course. Um, so this is where we meet uh, Cam- uh, Camille Nanjiani's character of Haja Estri. And, uh, Rock, I know you had some thoughts about Haja. Uh, dude, I love the fact that through all this we were thinking he was some Jedi. And I love the way they put the Again, I love a good twist. And the way they put a twist on this, that he's a fucking con man. 
But he's a con man doing the right thing. Yeah, he's a con man just basically taking advantage of people who need help, but he is still helping them, but he's he's you know, he's making credits off of it. Right. And I think they picked so good with him to be this guy because his one of the keys to Khalil being fucking who he is is his delivery is unique and always adds a shiftiness to it, no matter what he's playing, even in the Eternals. There was something, you know, they made him sort of a Bollywood producer type guy. So there was a shiftiness to him. And, and, and he plays these roles as good as any character actor who does these types of roles on the regular. He's just naturally that guy. And for him to be a faux Jedi, just with, when all that shit came to light, I was like, this is fucking perfect for this dude. So then when we get by the end of the episode where he ends up, I enjoyed the shit out of that character more than I would such a small character in a situation. Well, I guess he wasn't that small, but yeah. And you know, we see the, the scene of him helping the, uh, the mother and her seemingly force sensitive son. That's kind of what you, the sense you get. Um, but I, I love, I love when he takes it first takes the, uh, his cloak, he, he removes his cloak and, you know, you you almost are going to get this like big reveal of like who the Jedi is, and then he just got this like got a silly look at his face, and it just it's just perfect. Like, I yeah. mean, the raised eyebrow, yeah, um, and just sort of the sleight of hand of how he does this whole trick of using the Jedi mind trick and using the magnet the magnets to pull the things towards him. Shutters ready to close yeah. when he his hand the best part was when he's doing the quote-unquote mind trick over the comm to the guy on the other end part of the show that was funny yeah so it's uh, this is something we've i mean we've never seen in live action or even in the animated stuff uh you know someone portraying a jedi and you can tell obi-wan knows like he's like he knows right away he's like what the fuck is this dude doing (laughs) right that's what sold it so good is you and fucking coming in there with such purpose until he fucking realizes what's happening. And that look on his face, like, what is this jackass fucking doing? <laughs> um, Alberto Mars, what do you get? Do you guys have thoughts about uh, Camille Nanjiani's character, Jedi? I thought it was um, like kind of I, I, a long time coming, I guess, right? Like, I feel like the fact that. We've never seen, with all the cool grifters that we've seen, like in Star Wars, we've never seen, like, uh, like a Jedi profiteer. So I thought that that was, you know, good, and it was well done. It was, you know, the character was was done, and uh, you know, they did a lot. You know, that character had like a whole arc in the background of this episode, and that's good writing. Yeah, one hundred percent. What you just said. Yeah, and and he has a very I love his arc too, like because it at first you're like, oh, we're getting a Jedi, another Jedi, and then it's like, this dude's a fucking sham. Like he is a you know he is a um you know a grifter and he's just ripping people off. But then in the end, he does the right thing and he ends up like he knows. He 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 wants to do good, but he's just taking advantage of of people, you know. Can I say one thing about his character real quick before we go to Alberto? Yeah. That I loved. Of all the great scenes he was in, 
and it was with the, the one scene that I loved the most that he did was after we'll get there, but after the fucking the bounty goes out live on the broadcast when the kid shows back up and he shows him the picture. He's like, dude, we had him here. Look how much we're getting paid. And when he stands up the, with the gun and he's just like, all right, well, let's just get there first. That scene was like the greatest moment of like, all right, fuck it. Let's go do this. So I just thought he was going to jump in on the hunt. So when it does turn around, it was fucking epic for me. I was like, this is the, like Mar said, this is good writing for a subplot character. Yeah. I would agree with that. Alberto, any thoughts on uh, Camille Nanjiani's character? Yeah, way more interesting than just another, like, Jedi. Um, yeah. Because, again, that's what all the rumors were kind of pointing to or speculating he was going to be. Uh, like another Jedi survivor. Yeah, exactly. And and even in the trailer, you see him with what looks like he's wearing the garb, so you just assume he's yeah. a Jedi, yeah. So I love that subversion. Yeah, you know, I wonder if he's a character that's going to show up later on, but judging by how few episodes there are, I don't think many characters are going to return if yeah, when they disappear. That's a good point, especially if they leave Dayu. Um, I, I don't anticipate we'll see him again unless we come back to Dayu for whatever reason. But um, They, they yeah. did kill him, though. You know, yeah, I was like, about to say, they did. It's just as easy to like, kill him, so they at least consciously wanted to leave the door open. Yep. Yeah. Like there's no I mean, you can make an argument there's no reason not to kill him because he's not a Jedi, but But in this uh, time period her fanaticism, like the only people she didn't kill were people that someone stopped her from killing. So Yeah, you know, I, was, I was actually surprised she didn't kill um yeah. this character, yeah. But I think she just she wanted to go find Obi Wan so bad that that was more important, you know. But I also think because of the time period that this character could show up in any number of other things. He could show up in Rogue One for all the, or not Rogue yeah. One, but the Andor story True. Yeah. for all the fuck we know. It, you know, it's, he could, if they do a season two of Obi-Wan for whatever fucking reason that they said that they might, you know, I mean, bring him back for something anyway. It was charming as fuck and it's a good character like Berto said. Yeah. It was great that it's not your typical take on it, but obviously he's sympathetic to the Jedi plight. Yeah, exactly. He he probably was a Jedi wannabe, but he doesn't have the ability, you know. So, and the other thing is, he can he can operate and die you without any issues. Like, I, you know, like he uh, could still be alive by the time Ahsoka and Mando happen. For all the fuck we know, he could have an older yeah. version of him show up somewhere, sure. like our Hondo. Yeah. And one of the lines I love is uh, Obi Wan says, "But in my experience, rats know more about the sewers than anyone else," and that hints to Obi Wan's past of dealing with the underworld we've seen it right like um oh, yeah storyline the mercenary storyline yeah 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 um and you know so when when obi-wan uh goes undercover <laughs> you know with um gee what was that guy's name uh johnny you don't have any pre uh you know important ties to that guy at all do you <laughs> Um, I'm trying to remember. His, uh, oh, come on, dude! Don't even play it. Your yeah. character in SWG's named him. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, Reiko Hardeen. Is the Hardeen was the, yeah that was the part. Uh, I was trying to remember the last name. Uh, Reiko Hardeen. Um, you know that he he played that character to infiltrate you know like bounty hunters and and Cad Bane and and all that and it was a, a great great arc. Um, oh, yeah. But you know we get 
you know, so he has experience and I love that they're sort of like, you know, paying homage to that because we wouldn't really know just from the, the prequels because he doesn't really have any dealings with, well, I mean, I guess he, with the Django Fett stuff, but still, like, he doesn't interact with them in, in a way um, where he's trying to get information like this. So um, I think it's a really, you know, kind of a nice little um, nod to his past. But yeah, it was a great, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a really good scene. I really like that character. I think it's just a, it just really fleshes out the world and shows a different side to the Jedi or a different angle to it than we've ever seen before. So I think with that, it's fucking really cool. And I also, one thing I want to talk about with Ewan's performance and I think he said this, that he wanted to bridge the gap between Obi-Wan from the prequels and um, Sir Alec Guinness from A New Hope. So he's trying to bridge that gap now. And you can see some of the mannerisms are a little bit Alec Guinness. You know, like there's a scene where he's kind of like panning around uh, Dayu and he's got his hand up kind of near his beard and it's he's almost doing this sort of like Alec Guinness type type thing you know um so i I feel like he he does a really good job of bridging the gap between those two eras and you know like obviously we don't have Alec Guinness around so it's you know we're not going to get his performance ever again but now we have Ewan McGregor who is Obi-Wan you know so I yeah I just I I think it's a I, I just love his portrayal and I think it does a great job of bridging the gap between the two eras What about the um the fucking breaking bad scene <laughs> where he's in the spice uh um Oh yeah. When he comes in with just the fucking the gas uh, mask ventilator on, yeah. <laughs> ventilator and the fucking uh, goggles. <laughs> it's such a uh it's such a fucking breaking well, bad thing. And this is another thing, it wasn't even just breaking bad, it was um in your atypical fucking well, pretty much any kind of mob run situation, but most uh, most Yakuza stories, it felt like that. It's like where they've got the front that is the fucking, you know, kitschy store, and in the back, there's fucking heroin production going on. And, it, you know, it just, he walked in off the street in this fucking city, and he's in the back room where they're fucking, you know, bundling spice for yeah. fucking transport. So it has that, once again, makes this. It makes Danube a living entity. Like it's not just a set piece that you're walking through. Same thing with Alderaan. They could have just stayed inside say, the interior. You say Danube? Yeah. What is? You oh, talking about Danube. the planet? Yeah. Oh, Dayu. Dayu. Sorry. You're talking about the blue Fuck Danube? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, exactly. sorry to talk about Danube. Boom. <laughs> Jesus. He was a man, a big man, but fucking. Uh, same thing with Alderaan. They could have stayed in the interiors and everything that was CGI, but no, they were out running through the forest and shit like that. Same thing with Tatooine. There was textures to him going to his little cave and being in the hub of Mos Eisley and all the fucking scum and villainy, right? So this maze, uh, Dayu, makes Dayu feel like a living Star Wars place. It felt tangible when they were on the wet streets and you know, all the neon and stuff like that. It felt tangible, like a place you have been before or have seen before yet new to our star Wars world. Yeah. It, it had that cool, uh, 
it definitely like seemed similar to like a lot of things that um, all kind of tie together that, you know, is a, a derivative of Star Wars DNA or directly into Star Wars DNA. Everything from like the kind of like, um, like so many shots of that looked like, um, oh man, I'm forgetting the game we used to play all the time. Like the, uh, what was this? Cyberpunk uh, industrial the role-playing uh, game or a video game? Shadowrun. Shadowrun. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was asking if it was role-playing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it looks so much like that. And it looks so much like, I mean, if you watch, um, like, uh, um, you know, a lot of uh, modern martial arts films from you know, either Korea or like Hong Kong, uh, even, even like some of the, uh, you know, more modern Japanese stuff, like the villainous is mm-hmm. you know, that sort of, you know, wet, noiry, like yeah, quasi eighty stuff. So it was it was it was really like I really enjoyed everything about this. And they really like leaned into it, um, you know, by the scene where um you know the Inquisitor like falls off the building. It, like the swan dives basically like that super like you know the start of like 100 like modern wushu films and like right. like when she's running across the building and stuff like that like like you know just torn right out of like a modern mm-hmm. well as my wife put it she was like she went from batman to neo in one jump <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean i, I mean you know, like every coincidentally, everything that we just mentioned, um, you know, the Matrix is in, you know, it, it, the Matrix, all that stuff's in the Matrix DNA. And then it went on to, you know, right. especially in later iterations of Shadowrun, you know, went on to like color, you know, that. So, you know, like it's, a, a, you know, well, sci-fi, even more than horror, and this is saying something like, the the tent poles in sci-fi films are so big that they like really bleed into each other more. You know what I mean? Like, forget about like even just actors. Like, I mean, like you know, you could do a write a book on the imagery from Blade Runner to The Matrix. You know, and the similarities of how. The Matrix, you know, and and though they did it in totally different elements, how you know the Matrix co-oping of um, elements of Asian action cinema, you know, changed like Hollywood, and, and to a degree, uh, you know, if you look at the B movie output afterwards, like Star Wars did too, you know, mm-hmm. so like yeah. it's like, you know, m- there are similarities in horror and similarities in action, but like, you know, it's much. I mean. Like, there was a scene in this when they went into that, like, when they came out of the rain and went into that, um, uh, that, what's it called, the utility, uh, ship, um. The cargo ship. The cargo, cargo ship. ship. Yep. And she's in the bay that looked right out of Alien. You know, like, it's yeah. like just, you know, all that stuff, you know, like, if you could, it, it would be much easier to make a science fiction shared universe than like a. Almost right. 
you well, because you can, it really, like you said, the tent poles are huge because you can pull in any sort of, you know, terrain and it works in sci-fi if you right. built it correctly. But yeah. from a Star Wars tip, this made me happy. This planet made me happy because I've always, A, love the underworld. I love the way the underground, of course, not was supposed to be back in Shadows of the Empire and stuff. But I played a lot of games where you always end up on Nar Shadda. And this mm-hmm. to me was like... As close as I've gotten to seeing a live action Nar Shada. This felt like Nar Shada to me, big time. Yeah, it's it's a really different planet and there's some some cool stuff going on. I, I like how they utilize this. Um back to sort of talking about the the spice fa- uh spice factory here or whatever. Um there's a so we, we don't get a ton of action in this, which, you know, Star Wars, as we've talked about, doesn't always need action. It's it's sort of like uh, cherry on top when you get good action in Star Wars. But um, we did get a little bit of a hallway fight scene uh, with yeah. um, Obi-Wan and we had a uh, Zabrak. And I don't know what the other, I think he was just a human. Um, so we had a human and a Zabrak. And I, I love that, that, um, you know, Obi-Wan, he hasn't, he probably hasn't fucking tussled in a while, so he's not used to this, and he gets jumped, and he gets a bloody nose, you know, and then l- later on, Flea says, I didn't know the Jedi could bleed. <laughs> yeah, it even ends it with the, like, and you're just here bleeding all over my floor. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of... I, I liked Flea's character because he delivered very blunt, li- blunt lines. His fa- My favorite part of his dialogue was when he finished that conversation. He's like... Well, the Inquisitor is going to be here, and you're going to be dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, who looks like that? What? They, uh, who looks like that? That's the thing that Flea has. That like is a thing that you just don't get. Yeah. No one looks like. No one looks like Flea. No one looks like Flea. He's kind of. He fits in sci-fi really fucking well. Like I mean, like I, I mean. You used to in old Hollywood have a lot of people that look like that, and then <laughs> like like. You know, Renaissance with, um, you know, guys like uh, Toby Jones and uh, what's his name who uh, who passed away from Boogie Nights there. Um, you know, but you, I, yeah, yeah, thank you, Brock. But you don't have like, you know, like we were talking about Michael Behrman uh, jokingly before and you yeah, don't yeah. have. Yeah, you don't have too many of those character actors who just look kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, you, I mean, you've got like Danny Trejo showing up in Star There's Wars. There's no Robert Zadar. <laughs> you know what's funny is that Danny Trejo, I was just watching something the other day, Danny Trejo grew into the Danny Trejo that we love. Like, you know, like the Danny Trejo we love is like 60-year-old Danny Trejo. Like, yeah. Right. Or that, he was like, you know, like. It's like a fucking bodybuilder. Yeah, generic Mexican-American thug on the left. Yeah. You know, right. there was nothing that would have stood out about, you know, Danny Trejo in the... Um... Well, let's even look at Pelly. Uh, Sedegas there. Um, Sidar- no, Sedaris, right? Sedaris? Amy Sedaris, yeah. Yeah, Sedaris. It, she's just awkward looking enough that it sells the uniqueness of that character. So getting somebody like Flea, who's got a specific look, or having, uh, having Bill Burr and Clancy Brown in the same scene you know, with these two awkward looking people to a certain extent and the first time they're shown, you know, those types of things are great. And I think we're seeing more of that, especially in star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, I did, 
I think Flea's inclusion in here, and and Flea getting older, he looks even crazier. I think you know. He was good. People who looked weird because, like, you know, we've been joking about it, but like, what happens when humans and other races, you know, if there's like some cross pollination, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. It could be. Well, you know, maybe he's part uh, um, Natalin. That's why <laughs> his forehead's so big. <laughs> All those red hot chili peppers guys look like they were under. <laughs> This this week they were they just weren't quite. This week they were the red hot children snatchers. Oh Jesus! I <laughs> 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 got we're gonna steal your little daughter. <laughs> what I gotta what I gotta give it to Reva. <laughs> That's yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm fucked up on spices. Sometimes I feel I want to abduct some children. Oh, God. Uh, the city of Dayu, the city I live in. Gonna do some spicing. Let Jedi kick my ass. My mom was a human. My dad was a troll. <laughs> uh, how how similar? Like, uh, so the the rescue when he rescues Leo. Uh, like, do you think they were trying to call back a new hope in that? Mm-hmm. Yep, I think so for sure. Because <laughs> think about that, kind of like those kids that. It, the thing that's funny though is like she, he opens the door and she immediately fucking smacks him with something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she was ready to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. While I was annoyed of like <clears throat> the amount of Star Wars things that are propelled, that way I think the way like she reacted when she found out that he was on the lamb there was um was important because like. Yeah. She is a kid, you know what I mean. Like right. so, she's is a ten year old. So, yes. you know, I, I talk about kid running streets with face. I love, I love when Obi Wan's like, "How old are you? Ten? Yeah. I'll tell you this: Ewan McGregor can't run at all. Like he seriously looked like he had rickets when he was chasing Princess Leia through the street. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he can't are... he can't run very well because he's uh too busy having sex uh with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. He's a little uh chafed. Yeah, he's yeah. chafed. I mean she wouldn't have to worry about that if she was with me for all of these reasons. But... <laughs> yeah, I hear, I hear she's more moist than Dayu. She would have uh-huh. you know, her hand would be like sore from all the all the hip but uh she wouldn't have to worry about the sex because that's gross. Well, you know, he did keep reiterating to Bale and everybody that you don't understand. I'm not that man anymore. And he shut his force powers down for so long that he doesn't have those abilities and probably hasn't done much more than carve fucking whale meat for the past <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked, I mean, that whole chase I thought was, was pretty good because we get, 
you know, I like the twists and turns it takes because he rescues Leia. And then, you know, later on we see um, Reva puts out the hit, basically, the bounty on Obi-Wan. So when Leia sees, you know, his his face popping up on all these, you know, um, um, what are they, the, the pucks, the... Yeah. yeah. Um she's like she, you know she she's like what? Like no, you're trying to bring me in, you know, like uh you're trying to kidnap me. So like I just it's it seems so logical from a kid's perspective, you know, like I I just thought it was really well done. <laughs> this um, unfortunately gets into a scene that's sort of my other only other great with the show was okay so i've talked about it in the past where they did a couple of episodes of mando where it didn't feel as alive as everything else did now when we were on street level of dayu you know it felt alive it felt like a living city when they got on the rooftops i kind of had a problem with sort of how the how the skyline felt it felt very claustrophobic for it to be the roofs of buildings and felt more like a soundstage than anything else had felt. Um, so that was my only other real gripe, is that mm-hmm. sequence on the rooftops didn't feel as natural and real to me as everywhere else we had been in the episodes. So that's my only second gripe about this, really. I've only watched it one time all the way through, and I didn't. that didn't come come to mind for me. So I'll, when I watch it again, I'll, I'll kind of keep that in mind. Um, but I didn't get that sense necessarily because they were on top of the building so like it seemed like there wouldn't be really much around them because the thing is with the volume or stagecraft whatever they're calling it you can basically do anything you want with it you know so it seems like it just seems like maybe they just didn't have that in mind you know Um, or whatever they were going for maybe just didn't work for you um, but like I said, I want to watch it again. I'll, I'll kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's such a small fucking gripe in the grand scheme of what we got yeah. as a show for two episodes, but you know, those are my two issues that I had. But that being said, I love a good rooftop fucking action sequence. Fucking, yeah. And, uh, we did get pumped out on one of our, we thought was a guaranteed cameo turned out not to be, cause that was not for long. No. Um, I saw the name of the droid and I forget what it is now. I'll look it up again. And what, and let me ask you guys, is this a new race, that fucking lizard thing, or is that some really weird mutated fucking transocean? Oh no, that, that's a race. The thing that looked like a fucking mascot. <laughs> yeah, big Gatorhead motherfucker. If he was in the cantina back in A New Hope, he would have just been called Gatorhead. That would have been his fucking action figure. You know, I was so positive that was Olam that when I was wrong, I really felt like a Zuckus MC. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's uh, the okay, so the name of the droid is One Jack. <laughs> That's all Mars has in him, and he gave it to every week. He's good for one. Jesus. <laughs> that, that's, that's his pirate name. <laughs> Dynamo One Jack. <laughs> well, the unbiased, uh, you know, opinion does a joke count 
if someone else makes it about you after you already made it about yourself earlier than that. Um, and it doesn't count half points, even if it doesn't count, because he's too high to remember. What? At least I was fucking coherent. What did you just say? <laughs> you were cutting out a little bit, Mars. I don't know why. Uh, I said, does a joke count? Uh, someone makes it about you after you made it about yourself earlier. <laughs> was I there when you did it? Um, I don't think you've left, but you told me to hide. Right? Uh, right. Actually, you, you, made, you made a one jack joke earlier. Yeah, and then oh. sawdust came out, and you told me to hide. Right? <laughs> Little did Mars know that that was the name of the droid. Oh, so okay, so you didn't know. You're making shit up now. No, I just happened to talk about only being able to do one jack, like. <laughs> And then I said, <laughs> then sawdust comes out. And then you said, you better hydrate. I gathered that. Huh? But you didn't know that was the droid's name at the time. Is my no, point. he didn't. We uh, didn't say, I didn't say it was. Was Was it a one Jack bounty attack? <laughs> yeah. It was a one eyed Jack. <laughs> a one eyed Jack bounty attack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a song lyric, son. It's a one-eyed Jack bounty attack. <laughs> like a, it sounds like like seventies ACDC Mad Libs. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> There's a friend of mine that was a one-eyed Jack. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so one Jack was the name of the uh, droid. So well, yeah, because he ends up dead, if I'm not mistaken, or or not dead, but you yeah. know, like yeah, no, he's decommissioned. Dead. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, I don't think droids die, but yeah. Semantics. But um, yeah. So it wasn't. You know, we didn't get four long, but we got. It's the same style of 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 droids. Yeah, so it was zero, right? Zero four long, and then this one. Yep. And one jack. <laughs> one eye jack, jack bounty attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Beastie Boys track. It's yeah. a one eye jack bounty attack. <laughs> Me and MCA, we got you back. <laughs> Um, then you know what time it is. It's time to get ill. <laughs> the one other thing. So Riva says, um, you know, when the Grand Inquisitor's fucking pissed at her for um, doing what she did of kidnapping Leia, um, she says, I found a link between Obi-Wan and Bail Organa in the archives. Now, I'm kind of curious do they have, I assume maybe they have access to the Jedi archives. Is that sort of what the insinuation is? Do you guys have any thoughts? I don't know. It's how much of it was purged when the fucking first, when order 66 went out, like how much was salvaged from the Jedi temple? I don't know. I mean, that's that's the big question. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, Palpatine's got some really weird fetishes for the fucking you know, artifacts and shit that he's into. So you never know. True. <laughs> Unlimited knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So then we have, we've been talking about kind of the, the chase. Um, but I, I really do love the interaction between Riva and the grand inquisitor. Um, there's one line here I want to, you know, Grand Inquisitor says, you came to us from the gutter. 
Uh, your ability gave you station, but all the power in the world can't mask the stench beneath. And uh, and then Reva fires back and says, maybe that stench is your failure. So or maybe it's the fact that I've been running around in these leather shorts all fucking day and shit's hot. <laughs> I just stink. Got Sith swamp ass. But yeah, so at this point, they, you know, he tells Riva, "You're no longer required." And you know, she's like, "I fucking brought Kenobi here," and he's like, "Stand down. <laughs> You'll be dealt with later." <laughs> Wolfie, just so I understand uh, this personally, uh, perfectly, he told her that she's no longer required. Reeving. <sighs> I like when it hurt. I like true. when it hurts you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it's not me, it's Alberto. <laughs> Alberto's asleep. Yes, he is. He should I've be. been hurting Alberto it's since pa- birth. It's past his bedtime anyways. Um, but I love that uh, the scene when she puts out the bounty on Kenobi, and it's 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 almost like that John Wick 2 scene, right? When everyone gets like... Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a cool scene I love this scene when this shit like that happens but it was something about seeing that lizard fucking alligator dude when he checks the fucking thing he just stands up with that big ass fucking assault rifle and you're like oh fuck it's on and you just start seeing all these motherfuckers in the streets that fucker with the yellow hood with the big fucking assault rifle the droid all of a sudden everybody's just like Fing, it's on hunt on <laughs> it's on it's on like a tauntaun yeah, if you like. <laughs> but no, it was just a great scene. I love that. I love that tension building because you know at that moment he's wandering through the streets with this kid, and you just see fucking it's it's lit up now. There's yeah, you, you've got to it's it's get the fuck out of town as fast as fucking possible. Yep. <laughs> and I also love that scene when uh, they're getting new clothes, and he he gets the green you know the green cape for her. Which yeah. you know, which I think Alberto mentioned echoes uh, sort of the Endor outfit, and then uh, she picks up the gloves. He's like, "You don't need those." And she she just continues to put them on. Put He's them like, on. "And the I'll take the gloves too." <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so good. Um, but I really love that the interaction between those two. I thought it was like I just thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, and it was a great way for Obi Wan to have to reconnect with the Force. Um, because he's in a, a, a situation in which he, he needs to save the girl, you know? So, uh, you know, he, he has to use it, and he's struggling, and he almost doesn't do it, but he's able to, to um, you know, tap back into the force and save her. Yeah, and she had said something about, you know, make me float or something like that, you know? Yeah, no, their their chemistry is awesome. Actually, to be quite fair, that little kid's chemistry and everybody she had a scene with was fucking awesome. Actually, I think all, everybody, all the adults she played against were catching up to her because yeah. she was owning every scene she was in, man. It was charming as fuck. Yeah. Speaking of Leia in this, I, I got the sense, especially in that scene when she's sitting in the alley with Obi-Wan, like I get the sense that she was kind of tapping into the Force a little bit. Um, you know, she's used it in subtle ways, you know, and I, I feel like we got a little bit of a, a glimpse of it there, which I thought was, was cool. 
I, I can see how you think that. I didn't go there, but I can see how you vibe that a little bit, I guess. All right. Is there anything else about this chase? Because uh, there's more, um, obviously, towards the end that we need to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we're good. There's a battle ensues. He fucking saves Leia, gets yeah. away. We have we have um, Reva's on on you know she's looking up from uh from the rooftops to kind of keep an eye out to see what she can find. So, um, and you see the rooftop light up with blaster fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she does her fucking neo routine and runs wall walks the fucking buildings and shit to get there. And actually, uh, uh, Nanjiani shows up. What's his character's name? Javi? No. Uh, no. Uh, ha- Haja Estri. Haja. So, yeah, Haja shows up, sees the shit going down. So when he goes down and gets laid off the street, the alley below, um, this next scene is really fucking cool. Yeah, there's definitely some, some cool stuff. Um, so... All right, we have that whole chase where Leia runs away, and you know that ends with Leia jumping on the rooftops, <laughs> and um, and then we do we do get to see that um, I can't I, I I couldn't find the race of that character, but it's the bounty hunter that you know kind of looks like the dinosaur. Um, I think it appeared in the comics, if I'm not mistaken, but I just can't find um the name of it here. Uh no, all right yeah no, I can't I can't find it um but so then we have um Reva still kind of like you know keeping an eye on things sees some fire and then she starts doing some fucking parkour um now we got a little bit of that in Book of Boba but I thought that the scene of her running on the rooftops I thought was really pretty cool. Just... Yeah, there were some cool shots. There were some shots that were kind of half-baked, but on the whole, it was pretty cool. It showed her, I mean, I think the thing is that it did was it showed her connection to the Force and the way that she's able to navigate around, you know. Um, or the way she pushed down the pillar and fucking yeah, ran up. I just thought it was pretty effective, and it, it looked really nice. Yeah, I mean, the, my my wife once again reiterated, because she watched Rebels, and she was reminded of this, especially when... Uh, the Inquisitor deals with Flea. Fucking, um, she, she was like, I forgot how much I like those sabers. <laughs> Fucking ones. Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm actually surprised they were very reserved with this usage. So far, yeah. So far, yeah. We did get um, yeah. Grand Inquisitor using it. Um. Oh no, uh, was it this episode of the first one? I'm trying to remember. Uh, but we did get to see the Grand Inquisitor sort of. Uh, use he was it. in the second one. That's yeah. when he kills Flea. That's right. He kills Flea. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> so we so. did get to see that. Um, but yeah. So um, Nanjiani's character comes now. He comes and and does assist Obi Wan uh, because he you know he has the opportunity to and he knows that no one else is going to help him. And hey Jack, what Jack in the back of the head? <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing too is I love this scene because this humanized him. Yeah. In a really serious way, where he's you know being straight up, I want to help you, 
you know, and I just love, once again, his delivery. I love the way he's like, and I will just deal with this. And he puts his hood up and walks past the droid and puts two more shots in his head as yeah. he walks off. <laughs> it was just good, man. It was a good fucking scene. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I really liked him in it. And it just had a really, um, it, it was a different take on it. And that's that's the thing I love about it is it just was just a completely different take on a Jedi character he's not a jedi per se but um you know he he wants to live by the ideals of a jedi and make a buck off of it so yeah, yeah i, I he's dug not that a lot. bad guy you know he's kind of like our han solo if you will he's not a bad guy he's just fucking a bit slimy yep but anyway i, I loved i love that character so you know if they if they come out with a fucking uh khalil nanjiani action figure I might have to add that one to the collection. <laughs> they probably will. I'm definitely getting a flea. If there's a flea action figure, there's nothing on this planet that's going to stop me from getting a flea action figure. <laughs> I'm I'm very surprised though that Reva didn't kill Haja, and she's like, "You're no Jedi." You know, she knows. Uh, um, and by the way, Rocky. Yeah. A flea collar will stop you from getting flea. I wear two of them on my dick. Uh-huh. So you'd be okay. Yeah, I'm Don't fine. Fleas, then. I'm not infested. I wish they would fit my bunghole, though. Oh, my God. There. Fleas in your... Uh, never mind. In my butthole. In my butthole. <laughs> yeah, my butthole. We, we did get to see Riva use uh, force power like Kylo used against Rey oh, yeah. to extract you know, information, um, which I thought was was a neat way of kind of showing that. And yeah, I'm still surprised she didn't kill uh, Haja, but you know, I just think she was just in more of a rush to get to Obi-Wan. Yeah, probably. She was more focused on that, especially with the inquisitor now on her ass. She's not, she's got to get Obi-Wan and fucking get back to Vader before fucking the, the inquisitors and the troopers find her. Cause her ass is in shit street too. Yep. And uh, so Leia and Obi-Wan get to the cargo um, ship. And this, so this is when we have the um, showdown. Well, not really a showdown, but we have uh, an encounter uh, between Riva and, and Obi-Wan. So, you know, they, he knows that, that she's, she's coming. So they kind of hide behind some crates and, you know, Reva is, you know, very much wants to capture Obi-Wan. She wants to be the one to bring him to Vader. So we get <laughs> we, we get this cool scene here uh, where, he you know, he tells Obi-Wan, uh, sorry, to tell Leia to go to the cargo ship. And, you know, he'll kind of, he's going to kind of hold off uh Riva <laughs> until then and he pulls out his saber and you can see when he grips it it feels it looks like it's foreign to him you know because he hasn't wielded it in so long um yeah I feel like they're gonna tease this because he doesn't ignite it um right but I feel like they're gonna tease it for a few episodes and eventually when he does it's gonna be like fuck yeah oh yeah they're, they're gonna save it for a pivotal moment when it has to happen yep but um, in this, like Riva, you know, she's kind of looking for him behind all these um, shipping carts and stuff like that and is talking to him and, you know, basically saying, 
you know, you don't have to worry about anything. You're going to die today. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, she says, I'm going to take you to him. And he doesn't know who he is per se. She's like, Lord Vader will be very pleased. And then she can sense. She's like, Oh, you didn't know. And Obi-Wan yeah. is now sort of, you can you know, cause he has his connection to the force is not quite there. And then she says, he's alive, Obi-Wan. And you can see there's only one person it can be, right? Like you can see the fear and, and the look on his face. And then she says the name and he's like, fuck. <laughs> which makes me think, which makes me think that her tie with Vader has to be back from the order 66 day because that would be the only way that she knew Vader was Anakin. Cause I don't think they willingly let that information to anybody who wasn't part of the order wouldn't have known that. So I think we're going to find out that he probably saved her as an apprentice of his own. Maybe that's, that's just my theory is there's a reason why she's so loyal to Vader directly and not so much the inquisitors. Well, it could be that. And it could also be, just that she has aspirations and she feels if she brings Vader uh, Obi-Wan that she'll get catapulted to the top or something, you know? Well, you don't want to get aspirations because that's how Mars is sick now. <laughs> Fucker has aspirations every 30 minutes. <laughs> aspirations. He's aspirating everywhere. <laughs> and at this point, this is when the Grand Inquisitor shows up. And he's like, Reva, like, I've about fucking had it with you. (laughs) And uh, so they have it out a little bit. And so this is like one of the big kind of shocking things that happened in this where, you know, the Grand Inquisitor is like, watch and learn. I will capture Kenobi. And then next thing you know, Reva is shoving her saber into his fucking gut. So... What the fuck? Well, we know he's not dead. Right. How he survives is just going to make Reva in a world of shit. So is... uh, Okay, so there's a couple things here. Uh, Well, uh, let me... I can think of three options. First, he's not dead, which, you know, we've seen this before. People getting getting fucking hit in the gut. Look at um, Fennec Shand, right? Yep. Darth Maul. Darth Maul, yeah, getting his fucking lower half cut off. So there's precedent here. Uh, the other thing is he is dead, and um, he's not the actual Grand Inquisitor. Maybe that's why he looks different. That I mean, could be too. Yeah, I thought about that too. That, yeah, I think it's weird that two different sure. Italians would be fucking <laughs> in line to be the Grand Inquisitor. I, I, I mean, I, I agree, and he does have the same markings and, and everything. So I don't. I think that's a pretty far-fetched one. Um, but the other one uh, could be that they're clones. I, th- I thought of the cloning angle too for a few moments. So the I, thing is, is I we can't guess what Star Wars is going to do anymore, man. They fucking go for shit you don't think they're going to do. Yeah, I think it's the first one. I think that's the cleanest. It's just he's just not dead, and then he's going to have a vendetta now against Riva. Um. Catalyze her turn and or redemption at the end of the series. Yeah. Or 
death. Uh, yeah, she's going to die. <laughs> I, I have no okay. doubt about that. And I feel that Vader um, will play a part in that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it could be the other things too. It, or maybe it's something we haven't thought of. But it, it, it really could be the fact that maybe he did die and maybe that's not actually the Grand Inquisitor that we know. Uh, it's pretty far-fetched. Um, you know, or maybe there are clones. Um, you know, I would imagine for, uh, you know, the Inquisitors uh, that they would, you know, like if they had, if someone else was to get leadership, like, I think that would just create too much infighting amongst all of them. So maybe there's just one leader and they're cloned, you know? So if one dies, they just bring fucking another one in. That makes sense, or to a lesser extent. Well, I mean, I've, all these theories are great, but I just lean, it's so much easier to the fact that he's not dead from the gut punch because the other Inquisitors would be on their way there with troops. He didn't go yep. there by himself, so they're not far right. behind. They can, sa- they can stabilize and save his ass. So I just think that's more likely that the other inquisitors show up and fucking take his ass and heal him the fuck up. And like you said, he's going to come back with a diary of a die boner. <laughs> um, but the cargo ship then, Oh, actually before we, before we move on, I want to, uh, Alberto and Mars, do you guys have any, any input on the, uh, grand inquisitor? Are you guys surprised by that? Do you have any thoughts about what might happen? Uh, I mean, obviously surprised, but at the same time, not surprised. Cause I think they needed a, a way to get him out of the show. Um, mm. When you have, when you have Vader as the kind of big bad and you have Reva as kind of like the, the main antagonist. Um, yeah. I it's, think having, having Grand Inquisitor in there is kind of one too many. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I saw when I was reading reviews, a lot of people were like, what a fucking plot hole. How can he die? Like he's, he's, you know, he shows up in rebels and people were like, you know, I can't believe star Wars doesn't even understand their own continuity. I'm like, are you guys fucking kidding me? This is episode two of a six part series. Like, like if you, if you don't think they're going to address this, you are fucking like beyond like idiots. Yeah, and he gets stabbed. It's not like he gets vaporized. Right. It's not like he gets his head cut off. It's, it's yeah, like... Right. Well, we saw you got stabbed. Huh? What? We did? We saw Alberto got stabbed. Oh, Jesus Christ, move we on. We did? Um, yeah, where was he? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. It just makes more sense that, you know... He just, I don't know. Yeah. He gets put out of the game for the duration of the rest of the story arc. So, you know, he comes back later. And well, it makes, it makes Reva's character that much better too. Cause like you, you see her in the first episode doing, doing the whole like take no prisoners thing. Yeah. And this, uh, this kind of just ups the ante a little bit. Yeah, for sure, and she's not going to let anyone get in her way of her of her ambition. So even you know, like an ally, supposedly, you know. So I think that really is a strong um, storyline for her character. Um, yeah, I'm super curious where they're going to go with Riva because I, I I'm not quite sure. Uh, there's still a lot of story left. 
oh, at least four episodes worth. And, and we still don't know who the people that fucking uh, uh, what's Kalyan? What's, what's his character's name again? Haja. Haja. Haja directly tells him, "Ask for these people; they will help you." So whoever this next set of people is, he's got to encounter. Could up the ante on everything. We don't know they're good, bad, ugly. What the fucking deal is going to be with those motherfuckers? There might be a whole new slew of players in the game by the time this fucking show is over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Could be. Um. Because uh, yeah, he's so the transport ship is going to the planet Mapuzo, uh, which I don't believe we've ever seen before. Is it's that... a me, a Mapuzo. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's as much information. Uh, let's see. What do I see? The Mapuzo system was a star system located in the Holland sector in the region of the galaxy known as the oh, it's Mid fucking... Rim. It's outer intergalactic Amsterdam. Maybe. <laughs> Fuck yes, I'm in. I will help There's these more, guys. More death sticks there. Fuck yes, I'm... life sticks. So yeah. Um, all right, and then the last thing we have to talk about is that end. Thanks for noticing. I've been working out. No, you haven't. <laughs> yeah. So Anakin, uh, sorry, uh, Obi-Wan is shaken by this news because he, for 10 years he has thought that Anakin died on Mustafar. But now he was just told by Riva that, oh, you didn't know he's alive. So the other thing to add to that is Riva knows Darth Vader is Anakin. I don't know if that's a well-guarded secret, but... She knows. Well, I just spoke about that earlier when I said their connection to Anakin. It would only make sense that he would have some personal tie to her before he became Vader, before the Mustafar incident at the at the at the um, temple. Yeah. So, if I recall correctly, um, Sexy Sidious said, "Kill them all," basically, right? So when he went to the temple, he was to kill them all, but. There could be a flashback where he spares her, right? What's that? What's that music? I just started humming some Metallica from Kill 'Em All. <laughs> um, I thought you were doing porno yeah. music at first. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, that's not like porno music. Does he get down with Riva? What's going on here? What kind of what kind of music is in your German Scheisse films? Jizz. Oh well, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think as we find out more about what the hell Reva's motivation is, we're gonna find that there's some link to. Because, like I said, we just saw the first stage of their escape. They still had to make it out of that fucking temple. I think they're gonna run into more shit along the way, and they're gonna flash back to her trials and tribulations of how she fucking got out of the temple and I feel it's going to be tied to Vader because I just get this whole Emperor's yeah. hand vibe from the way she refers to Vader and she knows he's Anakin. Yeah, I'm getting that Mara Jade-esque vibe from where they're trying to take this character. Yeah, could be. But, uh, you know, Obi-Wan is clearly shaken and, and Leia's talking to him and he's just like despondent and like breathing heavily. It's almost like he's having a panic attack, you know, like 
nothing right. else is really uh, he's he's just not listening and he is just like panting and breathing heavily and like you can see his eyes are like welling up so like this Mars in a pie pie menu <laughs> in a pie eating convention or Mars running to the mall bathroom after eating uh, a foot long I want to sit and watch Alberta from a distance, but I got to take the poops. <laughs> I got to take the poops. So I was just rewatching a clip from Revenge of the Sith because I swear to God, Obi-Wan knew who uh, oh, he's, the, he's, Vader, yeah. the Vader Anakin connection. Mm. So he he watches that, that hologram security footage where. Um, Sidious. Sidious references him as Lord Vader, so I think it's, I think it's more of a, th- more of the fact that um, Kenobi was on Tatooine and just had no connection to the outside world. Yeah, less that he knew that there was like some dude running around with a red lightsaber named Darth Vader, and oh my God, he's actually Anakin Skywalker. Right, and since he had cut himself off from the Force, I mean, he probably wouldn't have been able to sense his presence out there or whatever you know and just trying to completely shut himself off he probably wouldn't have even you know and and obviously he hasn't dealt with this because he's having you know like sort of this ptsd so he hasn't properly um you know sort of integrated this trauma and this pain um that he's dealing with he he's in in a sense just ignoring it you know and now he's he's faced with it like right head on and it's like fuck. Like now, all of that stuff that he buried down is coming up. You know. Yeah, this does kind of tie in a little bit with something uh, in A New Hope that kind of feels like it references now when when Vader's talking to Tarkin, and he brings up Obi Wan and fucking Tarkin pants him down. Like you're the last of their religion, dude. Fucking yeah. Obi Wan around anymore. And it's like, you know. Tarkin's not going to know that Vader knows something a little more dark about it. And right. he probably wouldn't give that information to somebody like Tarkin either. Yeah, exactly. And the final scene is a close-up of, of Obi-Wan's face. And he, you know, he speaks the name. He says Anakin. And then we get this, this great fucking edit to Anakin slash Darth in the back to tank, like, opening his eyes like it cuts and he opens his eyes and you can hear the breathing uh and the mask and everything and he just has the, this look on his face and that's it <laughs> fucking nasty ass back to tank fucking dead skin and who knows who knows what else in it for a week <laughs> nobody's cleaned it it's fish food in there Fish food, yeah. <laughs> they drop fish food in there. They just sprinkle food in it every couple hours. So that ending, though, fuck, man. Like that was a, that was a good way to end the first day of episodes. You know, like if they had ended it at episode one, I could see maybe people being a little let down because not a you know stuff happened, but there wasn't a, a like a big thread left where this thread is like dangling now right um and this is a 
big fucking cliffhanger. At um, least we only got to wait fucking till Wednesday. Yeah, it's we not got, like we have to wait a week. Well, it's already Saturday now at the time we're recording. Exactly. It's 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 already flipped the <laughs> the calendar to Saturday, so we just got uh, four days now. Yep. All right, so that's I mean that's the episode that's we've talked a lot about these. I want to wrap this up, but yes, um. Please. What, uh, just overall, uh, what did you guys think of these first two episodes and how, like, you know, like, are you looking forward to more? Um, since, you know, me and Rocket have been doing a lot of talk, let's, let's go to Marsman. Um, I know you already sort of, you know, talked about what you thought of these, but, um, overall, what did you think and, uh, looking forward to more? Oh. He said his iPad died and he's okay. gone forever. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> How about you, Alberto? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a solid two episodes. I, I think you're right where the first one wouldn't have had the the same impact in the way that it ended. Yeah, if we had to wait a week, it would have been a little... Uh, someone dying over at Mars's house? Oh, his iPad was dead. I thought so, too. Everybody dying. I, I just heard now I'm on my phone. Oh, okay. Jeez. Well, Alberto was uh, doing his thing. We'll get to you in a sec, Mars. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and this episode, or these two episodes, kind of felt like one episode. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't think I would have been that upset if it was just one, but I don't think it would have had the same, the same impact. Yeah. No, I agree with that. So obviously, I assume you're looking forward to more then. Yeah, for sure. All right, Marsman, um, I know you kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier, but uh, overall, what did you think of the two episodes, and uh, are you excited I, about the next one? I am, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I, 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 um, you know, I, there was enough going on that it made me, you know, temporarily forget that, like, uh, I know exactly when both these characters that they were putting in peril perish. Yep. Um, if it's yep. not on the rooftop, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So, uh, you know, like it, it was really, really good. And my ex-wife is dying, like we're upstairs, like and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, we could hear that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Rock, how about you? Uh, it was a solid start to the show. It has me super, I mean, I was jacked for this show anyway. Were, but... you, were you one jacked? I was one Jack for this motherfucking episode. Actually, I was two Jack. <laughs> but, um, you know, honestly, it did, as Alberto said at the beginning of this thing, it did do what I expected to do, but it gave me enough switch-ups on the ideas, like Leia being a thing, uh, as she is, and fucking, you know, Khalil Nanjiani's character, uh, you know, the little hints that we got, like we landed the fucking seeing a clone trooper, thing all these little things did enough for me now to and like i said with the ending has catalyzed me even more to be even more excited to see what else we're gonna get because they already did something to me and like i said all most of the footage we've seen only came from these first two episodes there's very little that we've yeah. seen now from the show so going forward there's going to be a lot of what, you know, where are they going to go next? Like, what's going to be the next cool location that something goes down on? Or is there going to be a cool new ship? Or, you know, what kind of cameo are we going to get now? Yep. Or, you know, 
again, all bets are off when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars anymore because they are proving that they are going to do the thing that people are like, oh, they'll never do that. Then they fucking do it, but they do it better than you would have expected they could pull it off. So I expect big things to be revealed, and I, I'm I'm super happy this show is in my life. Yeah, um, same. Uh, I this is the so out of all the Disney Plus shows that that includes the uh, I guess Bad Batch and the live action stuff that we've seen since Disney Plus you know, has been showing um, new Star Wars stuff. This one was the most, um, had the had the best, uh, the, the most cohesive narrative. Um, I'm not saying I didn't like the other stuff, but what I mean is this, this one, it does feel like one long movie, whereas some of the Mandalorian, and, and by, by all means, this is not a negative thing, but it was more self-contained stories, you know, uh, sometimes anyways, but this one feels like it is one big epic tale. And I, I feel like that fits the tone and tenor of the Star Wars films like this, because, and, and this one, so this, the Obi-Wan series is, has ties to the movies more than you know, even Boba Fett, you know, because he was such a huge part of them. So I think that that is the right way to go about it. I think it should feel like a very narrative driven storyline, um, driven by the story actions and not, you know, like character development or, um, cool locations or new characters, like, you know, whatever. Like I feel like this, everything is serving the narrative so far. And I really dig what they've done. They've subverted some of my expectations, which um, is always nice, especially in, in Star Wars, something that can be so formulaic at times. Uh, you know, so I, that really was slightly unexpected. And just the quality of it is, like, fucking superb. It's top-notch. Like, this felt like a film. Now, I guess if I, if I had a gripe, it would be that the the action was just okay. And there wasn't a lot of action really. Um, but they're building up to something. And I, I feel that when we do get action, it's going to really be meaningful, you know? So we only have the first two episodes to judge this on. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen in the next four, but I would actually, so once again, my, my very minor critique, um, probably won't be anything after we see the full scope of the 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 series because we are definitely getting an encounter with Vader and Obi-Wan and that is probably going to take all of this emotional build up and have this really phenomenal scene because that's the thing that Star Wars does exceptionally well and I thought of this earlier today I was actually when I was, was walking my dog I was thinking about this and thinking about you know how the movies dif differ from the shows and I think the thing I think one of the reasons why people get a little um, people are so quick to jump to conclusions is in a show they've only seen one part of the story especially if it's like eight episodes or in this case six episodes you're seeing one part of a six act story 
you can't judge the judge it in totality until you've seen it all. So for people to call things out like you know like plot holes or continuity issues is is just completely asinine at this point. So, um, but I will, I will say this: this this show only two episodes in is one that I guarantee that when it finishes making its run, I will rewatch it as a full body of work versus, you know, weekly as we're going to do it. So for it to only be two episodes and I'm ready for it to be over so I can view it as one long piece of work is saying something. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, um, and I, so I was thinking about the movies and I was thinking about the TV shows now in, in the movies, you have two hours, 10 minutes, typically two hours, 15 minutes. And you have to build a story from beginning and have a very satisfying end. And I feel like Star Wars, even in the movies that, you know, maybe didn't work as well for people, all of the movies, I think, have really strong endings. Uh, whether You know, so whether you like the characters or not, I feel like all of the endings to the Star Wars films have emotional impact. Whether they resonate with you or not, that's that's entirely up to you. But I feel like they have good payoffs. And in the show, that's the thing that's that's missing because it's it's a story that's told over multi- multiple parts. So you you know you're not you're going to get little moments here and there, little reward moments. But those major moments, the emotional impact moments, you're not going to get until the end of the season or the series. So that's where I feel the difference is because even like um, even a film, you know, let's say Rise of Skywalker, I I enjoyed it. There was definitely some issues, but at the end, it was a satisfying ending, I thought, you know. So you're getting the beginning, you're getting the middle, and then you're getting the end all in one sitting. And you can make a judgment on it in totality. Whereas with these, we're getting piecemeal. We're getting one at a time or, or in this case, two at a time. And it's really difficult for us to see the entire um, scope of what they're doing. So I feel like a lot of people are still judging them, um, you know, in the way that we look at the films. And I think that that is really doing it a disservice. So I I guess just hang with it, you know, like hang with it, guys. And, And if you like what you see in the first episode or two, uh, just stick with it and and they'll everything will be revealed and it'll have a satisfying ending because that's what Star Wars does it has an emotional uh strong ending all the time whether you like it or not it's there so yeah i i'm very excited to see where this goes and like rocky said i think we've seen most of the stuff from the trailer aside from um fortress inquisitorius or whatever it's called um you know that's the only things i think that we have. It's called seen. Quiz- Quiznos. Quiz- Quiznos. <laughs> <laughs> Space Quiznos. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Fortress Inquisitorious. So I guess it's <laughs> Fortress Quiznatorious. I don't know. <laughs> Quiznorious. 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 Chris Christofferson, Chris Christa, yeah, never mind. Quiz, going back to the first Quiztos Waltz. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christos Waltz. So that's uh, that's my feelings on it. I really can't wait. 
um, to see more. And I'm glad we only have to wait a few more days. The la- I bet the last, the wait between episodes five and six is probably going to be fucking brutal. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. what other show recently dropped two episodes at a time, but I feel like it's definitely, oh, it was Peacemaker. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah this, that's whole, right. this whole fucking episode, I've been trying to remember that. But I feel like that, like, really, I mean, I was, like, committed on the first n- night, you know, like, yeah, like, yeah. I feel yeah, that's yeah. a good way to do it. If you've got a good kickoff story that does something like that, do the big premiere time run. Yeah. And then you can do the rest once you have people locked in. Yeah, I like I liked it. All right, we do have a couple voice messages. I don't want to forget about those before we wrap up. Um, do you guys yeah. have anything else to add um, about not, these? Not Star Wars Rise, but I wanted to say it at the beginning, but I wasn't here because uh, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's he's all, all, often uh, contributing to both our group and this show and voicemails and stuff. Uh, I would like to say uh, happy birthday to Double D. Uh, his birthday oh, was yeah. upon our recording, I think. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, happy birthday, it was, my dude. Well, it was a couple days ago. But they don't know when we recorded this, Wolfie. He didn't have No, he yet. does know because we watched Obi Wan that came out. We watched Obi Wan, dude. He said the <laughs> date twice now. Uh, we might have got an advance with highfalutin. No, nobody. Yeah, right. <laughs> nobody got a fucking advance of this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Dave Filoni's old. I could have been like, uh, it's me, your son. Let me see Obi Wan. Wait, so... And you'd be like, why does my son look older than me? <laughs> so you're Rocky's son and Dave Filoni's son? What the fuck is going on here? I don't know, it's a crazy family tree. Hey, don't judge. Why do you think I know so much about fucking... Does it look like a stump? <laughs> <laughs> looks like Anakin's stump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ironically, it looks like the tree that Yoda lived in. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone else? Well, happy birthday, Double D. Sorry, Wolfie ruined it. No. Yeah, happy birthday, man. I did see it was his birthday the other day. So happy yeah, birthday. The other personally. day. Yep. Well, to be fair, I've been up for at least a day. So it's might for me it's still that day. Nope. Dude, you've never been awake. <laughs> it's true. Your All entire right. existence is a fucking drug and alcohol induced blackout. All right. On that note, let's uh we're not gonna by the way, we're not gonna do news. Uh, it's fucking one thirty a.m. We've been going. For four... We started with news. So. Yeah, we basically started with celebration. So, um, we're going on four hours here. So we need to wrap this up. Kidding? Jesus fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so let's hear. I think. Um. So Joshua Libre sent two voice messages. I think he does his thoughts on each episode. So let's uh, check out his thoughts on part one. Yo, what up, Force Insensitive? Uh, yo, first of all, I was not. Uh, anticipating uh, watching uh, the first two episodes until Friday evening, you know, because I thought they were gonna start at midnight on Thursday, you know, Thursday at midnight, um, and uh, you know, I just couldn't watch them at that time. You know, my um, my girlfriend had to work, uh, you know, she uh, so I was like, okay, let's just watch it Friday evening. So that was my original plan, um, but. I saw the feed and I saw it was oh it's it's available at 9 p.m. I was like I, I was like what? I thought I fucked up the schedule in my head or something I was like you know I had to fucking double check you know um, but I was you know I was glad that you know they they dropped earlier than than originally planned so 
we were able to watch them and uh, you know my first you know this is for, um, for episode one you know the first episode um, first of all I love that it opened with uh, with, uh, with a recap of, of the you know from the prequels and, and, and you know I was just like I, I, I was just so fucking happy I was like giddy as a schoolboy or a schoolgirl whatever the saying is you know uh, I was just like fuck yeah this is what the fuck I'm talking about I was so happy you know I was like you know I, I don't know it, I, I was just so fucking hyped by that point already and the fucking show hadn't even started yet uh, but um, but yeah once we got to that um, that scene in the Jedi Temple I mean that's, that scene was fucking terrifying you know I was like holy shit just the way it was shot and paced and choreographed um, it was a pretty terrifying scene um, and uh, I'm assuming I, I don't know if this, if this has been confirmed or not but I'm assuming that Reva is, is one of the younglings from that scene, right? I don't know, maybe maybe you guys can confirm for me. Uh, but uh but yeah, I thought you know, it was it was great to to um to kinda be set up for uh for the show that which, you know, we'll see ten years later. And I thought the you know, the show did a great job of kinda showing where everyone is at at this point in time. You know, you and McGregor I thought he was great. Uh just kind of like you know you you can tell that you know obviously it's obi-wan but he's a different guy and and i thought he did a great job with this performance of showing that you know he's not he's not the same dude he's not the same guy you know uh he's a little past his prime um so i thought you know i thought that was great um i did not expect i don't know why i didn't expect uh leia to be prominent so prominent in this show you know but it makes perfect sense you know it's like the best reason for Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine, you know, uh, is to help Leia, who, you know, because those are the only two people he cares, you know, that at that point in time, he's only concerned with Luke and Leia. That's it, you know? So it made perfect sense. And I don't think any other, it would make, you know, just thinking about it now, I don't think he would leave for any other, you know, character, I don't, you know, because he's he's not with, the, you know, he's like telling all, the, you know, uh, uh, Benny Safdie, you know the, the, his Jedi character, like yo, just fuck, forget about the Jedi, you know, just live a normal life, you know, just live, you know, that's it, uh, survive, you know. Um, so it makes sense that the only reason he would leave Tatooine would be for Leia. So I thought that was great, great uh, touch by the by the uh, by the creators, by the writer and director. Um, and but yeah, overall, I loved the, I loved the episode. It was it was great, you know. Uh, had a good little sense of humor there, here and there, you know, with uh, with the Jawa. Uh, that was a pretty funny scene. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, enjoyed it. I loved it, you know. Um, it's a nice little setup. It's hard to make a big uh, judgment on the show when you just see one episode, but so far so good. It, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, can't wait to hear you guys's. Uh, um, breakdown of the episode and um thank you guys for the time have a great show and talk to y'all later bye all right uh good to hear from you joshua libre glad you got a chance to check it out and uh glad you dug it uh let's continue on we're gonna hear from josh again in just a few moments but uh let's uh we'll put uh darth corny into the joshua libre sandwich here in the middle 
And uh... Damn. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be the first time. Darth Corny is is the DP. Oh, he's the director of photography. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I and I'm under the impression that Darth Corny likes a uh, a good Quiznos uh, subs. So he has had <laughs> tons of sandwiches before, so I don't know what you're talking about. He's <laughs> getting the Libre meat. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let's hear from Darth Corny. Hey guys, um, I woke up in the middle of the night last night and. Um, Watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, enjoyed um, both of those episodes. I was really happy to where they gave us two episodes, and we're getting an episode this Wednesday. So it's, you know, i kind of wondering what we're going to see on the next episode. But so far, I've been having fun with it. Um, I really like the little girl that plays um, Princess Leia. She, you know... I kind of, you know, I, I'm really that. This was some good casting, you know, on that part, because um, she's kind of a wise ass. She kind of has the spirit of Carrie Fisher in this. You um, <coughs> and McGregor is always good, but um, I kind of want to know what's going to happen with these Inquisitors. Um, pretty much guessed that uh, the the Grand Inquisitor didn't die because you know, Cannon he's still alive and stuff. Get killed by Kanan later, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, really, really enjoyed this, and I can't, can't wait until Wednesday um, to see what's, what goes down. Um, but you all have a good one. Darth Corny out. Oh, yeah, Rocky, go fuck yourself. Really, all of y'all go fuck yourselves, because this is <laughs> a Friday night, and I'm dropping a, a, a recording. <laughs> y'all have a good weekend. I love that he follows it up with something nice. Y'all have a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother's a filthy whore, but she makes great cookies. <laughs> yeah. I love I'm you, glad, I'm glad everybody else got in on the fucking this week. <laughs> well, uh, it's good to hear from you, Corny. I'm uh, glad you dug it. And uh, uh, look forward to hearing your thoughts on future episodes. All right, now let's uh, hear once again from Joshua Libre and uh, hear his thoughts on it on part two. Yo, what up, Force Insensitive? Um, here's my episode two uh, reaction review, uh, whatever. Um, uh, first of all, like I'm assuming that the Grand Inquisitor is not dead. Um, that he, you know, I'm hoping that the show shows him in recovery or something or somehow that you know that he's not dead because I'm, I hope that the creators know about Rebels you know because he has a whole another I, I don't know it was just kind of like I hope they didn't ignore what happens in Rebels you know but uh, but yeah that was a little bit of a surprise um, when Reva took down uh, the Grand Inquisitor um, but yeah I don't know maybe you guys can help clarify that for me uh but yeah, that, that was a surprise. Uh, and I'm assuming this is just like, I'm just assuming that Reva is pretty close with, with Vader. Um, and Vader kind of has told her his story, you know, like how Obi-Wan, you know, and him fought. And now he's looking for, he personally is looking for Obi-Wan. And he maybe assigned Reva to do this kind of side mission thing. 
and maybe Vader that's why he kind of put her with the Inquisitors and the Inquisitors are kind of like nah you're not really with us but you're, you're kind of with us so we're forced to be you know there seems to be some type of like um, uh, a relationship between like a close relationship as almost like Anakin with Ahsoka and and now it's Vader and, and Reva, you know? Uh, I, I don't know, I might be wrong, but maybe that's why Reva knows all this stuff about Obi-Wan and Anakin, and you know, because Vader told her, um, and he, he kind of like maybe appointed her as like, I need you to do this for me, you know, I need you to hunt down Obi-Wan. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that's what, what's happened. And, uh, and uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought, you know, overall the episode was great. Um, Reva is, you know, she's a fucking pretty badass inquisitor, uh, and uh, but yeah, I thought I, I liked how they showed Obi Wan kind of like struggling to get back in touch with his force wielding ways, you know, um, and uh, I, I loved the, <laughs> I liked the uh, Camille Nanjiani's character. I thought it, I thought it was great, um, and. Uh, you know, yeah, overall, I enjoyed the episode, um, and, uh, man, that, that final shot of, 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 uh, Darth Vader in the, in the tank, um, I, I feel like I've thought of that image, like, for so many fucking years in my head, you know, and to finally see it officially in a live action, you know, format was, was pretty great, um, you know, and I'm hoping that, that, uh, you know, Hayden Christensen, um, they didn't just bring him back to be in that, that, you know, in that tank or, and just wearing the mask the whole time. You know, I hope there's scenes with him maybe in his meditation chamber, uh, without his mask. Um, you know, that, you know, just to kind of see, you know, cause as, as Hayden says, you know, he's still kind of, a, you know, struggling with, uh, you know, with, with, being Anakin and, and now trying to beat Darth Vader, so uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll get some uh, a scene uh, without his mask on, just kind of like you know, um, seeing him, uh, you know, how he re- how he really is. Uh, but yeah, overall, enjoy the show. Uh, can't wait for next Wednesday or Friday. I don't know. I'm gonna have to check, but um, can't wait for the next episode. So far, so good. Like I said, you can't make a big. Uh, proclamation or judgment on, on the show it's not you know it's only two episodes in but uh so far so good i'm enjoying it um you know yeah i can't wait to hear you guys' reaction to uh, to the show thank you guys for the time um uh have a great show and talk to y'all later bye all right joshua libre uh i hope you had a good time at celebration man um if, <laughs> if you got to see some cool stuff let us know um, on the next episode. And if, and if you did, I'm jealous. So you yeah. go fuck yourself, Joshua Libre. I am. Um, I just thought of a cool thing, guys. Real, 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 real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine if we find out in this thing here, and we didn't know it at the time of Rebels, that this weird uh, Grand Inquisitor ship comes with some form of like reincarnation or something like that, like a Lazarus pit type thing or something like that. Um, Cause that would make it interesting coming into like Ahsoka, you know, like something that she thought was in their past. And now 
you know, now he's back like a horror character, you know, like. Yeah. Um, we don't know about their brains. Maybe they regenerate. Mm-hmm. Powens, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's he's technically a Powen, but doesn't look like one. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of... Um, I don't know that we'll find out in the next episode, but uh, um, hopefully we find out at some point in this. Chill to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Rocky, I'm curious if you visited Alderaan, what what's the first thing you would do? The first thing I would do? Yeah, you're on Alderaan. You know. Well, the first thing I do in fucking most places I travel back in the day, not so much now, but you know, I've got to find a good fucking weed source. So I think some Alderaanian fucking Space Colorado fucking uh strains might be fucking good. Um, what's honestly, the next what's the next thing you do? Honestly, I'm I'm with fucking Leia, dude. I'm fucking going on a hike through the woods and up into some of the mountains, man, because some of my favorite EU stories and some of my favorite shit I've done in video games has been roaming the fucking uh wilderness of Alderaan. So I think mm-hmm. I would get stoned and do a nature hike. Maybe I need to be more explicit. End the fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Who left? Mars? Mars left? Uh, Mars left. <laughs> All right, I will say this, man. Fucking mm-hmm. take us Bail home. Or- <laughs> Bail Organa. Fucking, oh, he's a pimp. He, dude, he straight up told his fucking kid, you know what? I gave up dreams of hunting wild creatures in the woods, and I just started hunting your mama. And fucking, let's be honest, fucking, he's no slouch because fucking Miss Organa was that 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 she was really something. So I'm thinking, you know, she and she's that crazy kind of alpine fucking crazy lady. They probably do some crazy ass bullshit. So upset that my phone didn't stay dead. Alberto. Jesus Christ, yub nub. You know you want some good Ewok fucking up in them trees, man. Fucking Organa's a freak. That motherfucker's into some shit. I'm Organa fucking go to bed. All right. Well, that's going to do it, everyone. We are sorry we had a fucking four-hour-plus episode. Uh, hey, <laughs> big surprise with us. But um, there you go. George Lucas. Next week, I- we'll be back with uh, part three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mars, what? I read almost a whole <laughs> All right. That's it. Everyone say bye. Bye. It's like I just finished putting one in my mouth and now everything's like, yep, nope, fucking theater's got empty.